and thanks for tuning in to episode 45 of the Matt and Matt O'Scale Trains podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rochford, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Johnny Nugent. Johnny, how are you, buddy? I am doing great, Matt. How are you? I'm doing fine. Man, it's been a while since we've done a podcast. And, oh, what was that? Remember, kid, there's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered, but legends never die. Follow your heart, kid. You never go wrong. Hey! I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Hey, well, here we are. We're back again. <laughs> oh, God. Did you leave the back door open, Matt? Uh, I can't believe they voted him back. Uh, <laughs> I, lo- I hey. lost a bit of money on this. <laughs> we finally cleared out the studio of Smile Like Anchovies. And now the scent's back again, man. I, uh. <laughs> I knew I smelled something. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Matt? It's nice to have you uh, back, man. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. You know, it's it's been a little while and laughs and fun and and whatever. And But we're back again and we're here. So uh real quick uh for a little update on me part of my absence uh from the last episode i just i couldn't make it but from the last episode to this one unfortunately i had a death in the family my father passed away and so i want to dedicate this episode and all future episodes to my father uh he was a huge inspiration he was a man who got me into this hobby to begin with so i owe a huge thank you to him and and he'll be very very missed well, again, from uh, from myself and uh, the podcast as a whole, you know, very, very sorry to hear about your dad, Matt. Mm-hmm. Big thanks. I really appreciate it, guys. It means a lot. We here at the Matt Matt podcast are here for you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So tonight is our community feedback episode, and we are going to answer all of those crazy questions that were sent into us. Um, and before I move on. I wanted to thank everyone who, you know, sent us questions, left feedback, left a review. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, We are still planning on giving away uh, a prize from each of us. Uh, That will be announced in next uh, our next episode, episode 46, Uh, because believe it or not, I didn't actually read all the questions. And I did that or I should say I should say we didn't read all the questions uh, because we did that on purpose because I wanted to be surprised. Uh, I wanted this to come off as very casual and very real when it comes to, uh, you know, asking and answering the questions. Uh, So I'm really, really looking forward to it. How about you guys? Yeah, I am too. I I was the one who put together our little list here, and I was telling Matt before we started was I just literally hit copy and paste for each question. I, I haven't even read these myself, so this is be really f- a lot of fun. I'm excited for this. Yeah, this is going to be really cool. I, I I skimmed through a couple of them when they first started coming through on my Discord server. Really good questions. Didn't read all of them yet, but uh, I, I'm very excited to see what the community wants to know from us and uh, what answers we'll give tonight. All right. And as always, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube and Amazon Music. Also, as uh, as we always say in uh, in all of our episodes, uh, we have to mention our Discord server, which is, I believe, like over 150 uh, members. Uh, It's gotten very large. We have new people coming in every day uh, and we have an absolute blast. Uh, Again, folks, it is free, does not cost anything. 
And all you have to do is click on that link. You will be asked if you're a great person or not. You say yes, and you will be entered into the server. You can post photos. You can chat with other people, post, post uh, you know, videos of your layout, you know, whatever you want. So um, we have a bunch of mods that take care of everybody. And uh, again, folks, it's a great place. It's a great community. So and if you have any questions, uh, feel free to just reach out to us. So uh, and last uh, but not least, uh, we have a new uh, merchandise portal uh, where you can go and uh, find anything with Matt and Matt on it. Uh, I've looked at the stuff. Uh, I plan on ordering some items this week and a lot more before York, but uh, check it out. There's a link in the notes and there's some really cool stuff there. And folks, uh, we have a quick way to find our podcast. Uh, If you just uh, open up your, you know, Internet browser, you can go to m and m podcast.com. That is m a n d m podcast.com. You'll take you right to our uh, podcast homepage where you can, right from that page, you can like click play and start listening to our episodes. So just a little uh, quick and easy uh, a way to listen to us if you don't want to have to go through any of the, uh, you know, the podcast social media apps. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Trains.com. If you are looking for a great deal on used and new model railroading products and want top-notch service, then please head over to Trains.com, where they have about over 120,000 products with new ones added every day. You can also sign up for their newsletter to see newly listed and newly discounted products and receive advance notice of upcoming promotions. Now, I've been using Trains.com myself as well as my co-hosts, And we highly recommend them to our listeners. Now, if you're like us and you're always on the lookout for your next engine, join the Trains Rewards program to earn points on every purchase and unlock future discounts. And if you're an avid collector and want first dibs on new items, sign up for the private car membership to get early access to new listings, earn five points per dollar spent, and unlock great benefits like no questions asked returns. Now, guys, don't forget that uh, you'll need parts to keep your engines and cars operating smoothly. And to do this, Trains has a collection of 15,000 plus parts available on their website for any item you may need. And also, if you're interested in downsizing your collection or know someone who is unfortunately leaving the hobby, Trains also buys collections. So head over to sellmytrains.com to get a quote. And Trains makes it easy to sell your collection. Now, if you do plan on buying from them, please use our affiliate link, which is www.trains.com slash MMOP. You can also use our unique one-time promo code MMOP for $10 off a single purchase on the trains.com website. All right. So without further ado, let's get started here. Matt and Johnny, you ready for these questions? We're ready. Let's hit them. Let's do it. Let's rock and roll. All right. Our first question comes from Ogage Greg. And he wants to know uh, for each of us, what is the one train item you own that you never thought you would? And also, what is the one train item that you don't think you will ever be able to acquire? Uh, Since I asked the question, I will start out. Uh, I would say the one train train item that I own that I never thought I would, probably my third rail inner urbans. Uh, never thought I would find these. 
Uh, they were, I just, I got lucky one day. Uh, they popped up on trains.com. Uh, they came as a set. Uh, I believe they came out in, I think it's like 2007 or 2008. Not 100% sure. Uh, but I, I've seen these before, uh, you know, on a couple of YouTube videos and a um, couple times in images. Never thought I would own them. Absolutely love them. They are all brass. Uh, they are inner urbans. It's a three car set. And I absolutely love them. Uh, and what is the one train item that you don't think you'll ever be able to acquire? Uh, man, that is a really tough question. Probably, probably the the original Lionel Girls train set. I do kind of have that on my radar, and because of the cost associated with it, and the fact that it's hard to find, like original, like in the box. I would say that's probably the one that I'd probably never be able to acquire. Uh, how about yourself, Matt? See. All right. So for the first part of the question, uh, item that I own now, it's a toss up between two really. And they're one of them is kind of a little bit of a running joke. It's the uh, unshrouded J from 2001 from MTH. And uh, I say it's a running joke because our buddy Sid did the uh, rare and unique uh, steam engine video and he had that in the a2 burke and it's funny because now you know you go on ebay or trains or somewhere and you you, see, you almost trip over them. <laughs> i just see so many of them now so that's uh that's pretty funny uh that one and the s3 uh milwaukee road northern uh johnny big thanks again for giving me a little hand with that and that was one of those engines i've always liked i ran one a number of years ago and uh, never thought I would have it. I do. I love it. And it's just a fantastic uh, piece. And uh, for the second part of the question, uh, what's something I don't think I'll ever be able to acquire? Uh, oh, man, that's a that's a hard one. I I, I think I'm going to have to go with my Holy Grail for the time being. That's the uh, Coors Light uh, Silver Bullet set. Uh, you see them pop up occasionally, but catch to that one is the cost i mean you know it originally sold for around i think it was like five or six hundred dollars something like that for you know just the main set i mean you know you go go on ebay or places like that and you know they're asking you know twelve fifteen hundred dollars for just the main set not even the add-ons it's like you know great set really cool but it's like it's a little bit of a sticker shock on that one but uh, yeah we'll see who knows I think for me personally, there's two items I think I don't think I'd ever have owned, but I, I do now. One of them, I'll detail Matt Z on this one, is the Lionel Legacy S3. That was my first ever Legacy steam engine. And to start off with such a powerhouse at the very get-go when I first got back into the hobby, that was absolutely stunning. Um, the other one that I never thought I'd own would probably be the one I just got uh, a couple days ago, is a scale... Uh, Legacy Whistle Steam Class A, which is a Proto One upgrade to Legacy by our good buddy Sid. Um, I'm I've known as Mr. West Coast, Mr. Daylight, so to have something that's from the uh, East Coast, from the coal hauling region, that's that's definitely something I never expected to to own. Um, but something that I don't think I'll ever be able to acquire, um, the Vision Line Big Boy, especially number forty fourteen. That's one that I really doubt i'll ever get my hands on or at least not for a price that my wallet be happy with 
but I'm going to go off the beaten path and not say an engine. I'll actually say a passenger car um, or passenger cars. I don't think I'll ever be able to acquire a full set of set of uh, K-Line uh, Superliners, the uh, Amtrak Superliners. They're beautiful cars. I mentioned in the past that I had actually got to play with the uh, high-level cars, the Santa Fe versions. And uh, I, I want them really bad, but I don't think I'll be able to, to foot the bill for the entire thing. But yeah, those are those are definitely mine. All right. So our next question comes in from our good buddy, Chris Montagna, uh, or Chris's Trains and Things. And uh, he asked the following. He asked, what are your fondest memories that you've had related to the hobby? And so for me, it's hands down. And I've said this before, actually, in our interview with him. And it, it's sharing it with other people you know you know like i said at the top of the show you know my father you know he got me into this and so obviously you know him and i you know we had the bond for trains and you know i have my little brothers who love it and you know the discord and you know all these other things and so definitely it's hands down sharing it with people that to me you know the smile that puts on my face is you know crazy to see that other people are having a ball with this and you can, you know, collaborate and, and communicate and just have a fun time with the hobby. And that's, that's huge to me. So uh, Matt, what do you think, buddy? So I find it interesting that Chris is the one that asked this question because I think my fondest memories, and I would say like one of them, like I have obviously several, but the latest one to come to mind would probably be last year when we were all at Chris's house uh, in his basement. And there were just so many train buddies there gathering around, having a blast, running trains, talking about trains like that is just and I think kind of just piggybacks off of uh, your question, your answer, Matt Z. It's just like this being able to share your your time with your friends and enjoying enjoying train time with your friends. I'm going to piggyback off of that as well. Definitely my favorite memory has to be York of last year. Just so many things that we did that night, uh, that during that weekend, and just hanging out with everybody at Chris's place, seeing all the different trains, so many guys in one place, so we were tripping all over each other, and just... Uh, Later, late at night, when we all were just kind of joking around, poking fun at each other, talking trains, and just the sense of not only community, but also it was very positive to see so many young folks in, in one area just kind of just chilling and talking about trains. And it uh, it was an eye-opening moment. Um, I, I think we all were there earlier that year just by ourselves um, in our basements playing with trains and not really knowing anybody to being part of such a huge community in such a short amount of time. It was... Uh, it was really eye-opening. So, yeah, definitely with you on that one, Matt. All right. So, I suppose I am the next one here. So, our next question comes from Isaac, or Oscale Everyday, from our Matt and Matt Discord server here. And he asked, what do you think about some of the inherent non-prototypical qualities of three-rail Oscale that favor functionality over looks? For example, our huge couplers, trucks attached pilots, and, of course, the third rail. So when it comes to always scale, you kind of kind of just don't really notice it as much like the third rail. You kind of just become blind to it. But for functionality, the huge couplers are definitely a plus. Uh, I 
I dabbled with O and N scale for a little bit. And those, those, uh, little Katie couplers, well, they're amazing and I love them. Uh, I don't think I'd have the patience to mess with them doing switching operations in O scale. Um, the trucks attached to the pilots is something you kind of just go blind to. Um, but it does allow you to be able to run on smaller curves. I think Matt R, the king of minimum curve radiuses over there, can probably attest to that. And uh, of course, the third rail, like I said, it's just something you kind of, kind of just associate with O scale, and it's kind of nostalgic. I mean, on my layout when I weathered my rails, I weathered the middle rail too because I'm like, well, it's there. I'm not gonna pretend like it's not there. It's part of the layout, and I love it. But it helps with reliability, makes wiring a heck of a lot easier than two rails. Not to bash on it, but uh, I love two rail stuff too. But uh, yeah, no, I think the even though it's not prototypical, it definitely adds to the quality of life of low scale. Uh, Matt R, what do you think about it, man? Well, just to answer, kind of get off your first uh, comment there. Um, even though I did upgrade to 060 curves, I, I'm still the king of uh, minimum curve rating. So because <laughs> now I'm just now I'm just sneaking 072 around my 060s. So, but uh, anyway, I'll digress. Uh, get back to the answer to the question. So, I think there's a couple of things we need to point out. Number one is, you know, these are inherently still toys, right? So they have to have some toy play with them. And I think with the large couplers and the functionality wise, uh, you know, I think that kind of all plays together. You know what I mean? Uh, So, you know, it allows, you know, it it allows the engine to be a little bit more uh, rugged and robust, maybe from from a certain way. Uh, when you're not putting these like very delicate kind of like scale pieces on there. Now, again, I mean, you know, there's you can buy scale engines with, you know, having pilots that aren't attached, uh, you know, scale couplers. I mean, you can go that route if you'd like. And that and that's perfectly fine. But, you know, to me, I've gotten so used to it. Like even the even the middle rail, like it doesn't even it doesn't even phase me anymore. Like even when people ask me that question, I'm like, I'm like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, it, you know, for me, it you get like what Johnny said, it's something you just get used to and it becomes it becomes the norm at that point. Go ahead, Matt. T. All right. So, you know, I can definitely agree with what you guys said. You know, the couplers, you know, I don't mind the big couplers. If anything, you know, the big advantage that I personally like you know, is the fact that you can remotely uncouple a uh, locomotive from a car, you know, by clicking a button on a remote and you don't have to, you know, spot it over a piece of track or whatever. You can just click a button and it, and it throws it preventing the fact it works, but you know, that that's something I'll, I'll digress on that one too. (laughs) But uh, you know, it just, I don't mind it. Plus, you know, if you have a little bit of unlevel track, you know, with a KD, you know, the slightest little, bump or dip it's over it's going to uncouple and with you know the bigger couplers you know you don't have to worry about that uh truck attached pilots you know kind of like what everybody else said you know it it, it is what it is you know lionel's you know line on mth rectified that a little bit you know with doing like the semi-fixed or on the switchers especially lionel is doing the fully fixed pilots on the switchers and that is you you've heard me talk about it a million times i love that you know, I think for a switcher, something small, it needs it. 
and it makes you know little models look you know that much better and then when you get to some of the bigger stuff you know like your es44s and your sd40-2s or whatever you know they look better with the semi-fixed but you know you got to take the semi-fixed because if you have the either the truck mount or the fully fixed you're going to either have a you need really wide curves like uh, maybe beyond 72 um or you'll need uh you'll have the ugly truck pilot thing but so be it you know and then third rail i'm with the guys you know it just kind of blends i don't really notice it that much i mean you know uh during this past week you know with uh with being there with my father you know i ran his trains obviously and he has gargrave track on his layout and i really i it takes me a couple seconds to even realize the third rail is even there it blends in that much. So that's, that's kind of my take on all that. All right. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, that'd be me. So this comes from our friend, Jason, also known as great Northern 2507. Uh, and he asked, why is Matt so smelly while the other Matt is clearly good looking and out of every item in your collection, what is the one thing you don't think you could part with? So I'll answer both questions. So to answer your first question, uh, if your diet consists of black licorice and anchovies, then <laughs> you will usually gain a particular odor around yourself. Uh, and uh, I don't eat e- I don't eat either of those. So by process of elimination, you probably know who we're talking about. Now, uh, to answer the second question. Uh, would 100% be my my Metra F40 engine, uh, which I would never, ever part with. It is uh, very, very uh, important to me, uh, just as a um, Chicago guy, uh, as a you know, person that actually collects like commuter type vehicle, you know, engines and and uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely my Metra. Uh, go ahead, Johnny. Ooh, that's a good question. Why is one Matt so smelly and the other one so clearly good looking? <sighs> you know, it's I got to pair it off of what, what Matt said, you know, you, you got the anchovy diet and all that, but also you got to worry about the Chicago hot dog diet too. Mm, you know, they both play a, I don't know. I don't know which Matt is the smelly one, which one's the good looking one. They're both pretty nice looking guys, but I don't know. I only know their voices. I don't know what they look like. <laughs> but um, out of the out of my collection, which item do you think I could never part with? So this is a hard one because I love my daylights. I love my custom daylight uh, to, to, to pieces. It's one of a kind in the world. No one else has one like it. But I also love the 2696 Chesapeake and Ohio Berkshire from the Empire Builder set. That thing is rare it is genuinely rare it's very hard to find and the whistle on that is amazing but i i I really think the gs the daylight the custom one just because it's a one of a kind piece and uh it's it's the most accurate one in in o scale so i'm gonna have to go with that that's probably my favorite i will uh turn the mic over to matt anchovy z over there what do you think matt who's the smelly one and I don't know. I kind of agree with uh, your backs backstab to both of us, you know, uh, <laughs> me with my anchovies and Matt with his hot dog. Now, if you put the two together, 
and have a hot a Chicago hot dog with anchovies on it. Same then what thing. do you get? Then what do you get? You you are off the podcast again. <laughs> what do you get? A travel ban from Chicago. What, a, what an atrocity <laughs> you just you just said. <laughs> next next thing you're gonna want to put ketchup on a hot dog. No, so. no, 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 no. No ketchup. Absolutely no ketchup whatsoever. Mm. No. Mustard. <laughs> Mustard and relish. That's how I go. And, and, uh, and anchovies for you. And we'll, anchovies, we'll, yes. we'll send you a special hot dog when you come to Chicago then. Okay. <laughs> that sounds great. I love it. Uh, all right. So for Jason's part of the question here, we have uh, uh, one item that you don't think you could part with. Well, this one is another running joke of mine, really. And it is the Lionel Legacy Pennsylvania Heritage uh, SD70HC. They did the fictional variants uh before Norfolk southern came out with their own uh they did the fictionalized units and this one is the brunswick green number 1854 and it's a joke because you know i love the engine like i'll never get rid of it but i run it like twice a year with my modern stuff that i dig out like twice a year (laughs) so it's like you know it's in the engine house it sits there and i pull it out you know twice a year <laughs> and uh and have fun with it but i could never never get rid of it that that engine that that just means a lot to me it's a really fun engine the horn is killer probably one of the best legacy diesel horns i've ever heard uh which is a great great engine all around and i just i could never see myself letting that one go you know if times got super super desperate you know maybe but let's hope those days never come. You heard, yeah, you heard it here, folks. Uh, first, folks, uh, Matt runs that engine as often as I upload videos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, th- th- that one's a you said it, not me. Exactly. So. I, I put it on the table. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's keep uh, going down the list here. So we have a question from Jared N. And this one reads as follows. If you could take one of one of your friend's trains and keep it for your layout, which train would it be? So, oh, man. I think we'd keep it between this podcast group, wouldn't we? Like you, me and Johnny, Matt. I don't know. Maybe maybe Ryan Kunkel's got some trains under his bed that we can take. I don't know. I don't know. I know Dave what? Olson said he's. I know Dave Olson said he's got the OG uh, Southern Pacific Heritage. And, hmm, I wonder who has mine. Um, <laughs> I think we should keep it between the podcast. I'll be here all night. <laughs> all right. All right. So for me, I don't know, Johnny. The more and more you show off that custom GS that uh, I had a hand in doing the sound set for, you're welcome. Um, that you. one, I really like that engine. I mean, Carmine did a killer job with the paint. You know, us sound guys do a great job with the sounds. That's just a really, really unique engine. And uh, that would uh, that would be the, my choosing anyway. So, uh, Matt, what do you think? Oh, I'm, I'm going to cheat a little bit because I already did that. <laughs> uh, so you and Johnny, uh, can't Johnny had yeah, Johnny and I share trains back and forth uh, regardless anyway. But um, he did have the. Um, uh, he did have the, believe it or not, uh, Johnny had a GS4. I know that sounds kind of weird, <laughs> but, 
but uh, he had the the BNSF uh, GS4. And um, yeah, I uh, threw some magical spells. uh, I and incantations. I uh, I was able to acquire that engine. So, yes, he had it first and then I became the owner of it. That was that was good. Actually, that's a really good question, Jared. Magic spell. You just hit me with a baseball bat. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's a magic spell. <laughs> it's a nightmare spell. It's right. I, was wondering, I was wondering what that was. I thought it, my headphones were bugging off for a second. It's, it's the Chicago. <laughs> it's the Chicago way. The Chicago way. <laughs> I think um, out of the pieces that out of both your collections, I'm going to have to say I would take the. Matt's holy grail. I'm taking this to my grave engine. I want that that uh, that F40, yeah. that Metro F40, be, mostly because <laughs> it's Metro names their engines after towns along their routes. Matt has the West Chicago unit, which is the town that I currently reside in, West Chicago. So I was very jealous of Matt when I first found his YouTube channel and that he saw that had that engine. And my first episode of the Matt Matt podcast I listened to was one with uh, Sterling on there or Ravenhawk 6910. And I distinctly remember being in the car, listening to these guys go on and on and on. And I'm talking about, oh, I love PFA sequences. I love the ones that are local to me. Matt R is sitting there all chipper. Yeah, I have the West Chicago Heritage Unit. I have the West Chicago Metro Unit. And it goes through my town (laughs) and it lists all these things. I'm like... Ooh, this guy, I'm going to take his Metro F40 one day. And I've, he, and believe it or not, ever since we became friends, Matt's kept it under a glass case so my, my grabbers can't take him. <laughs> put, put, it, put, it, put it this way, Johnny. M- Matt, Matt, R said, Matt R said, hold my beer. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? One of these days, I'll swap exactly. it for my Chicago one and see if, if oh, you yeah. notice. <laughs> he, he wouldn't notice. No, no, here's this. Chicago non-powered version. The PS1 version. There you go. That's it. Watch your watch your F40 there, Matt. Man, be like, God, this one looks so much different. What happened to it? Oh, turn. Oh, what is this? <laughs> ding ding. Uh, I would know. I would know that it's missing. I have MetroSense. MetroSense. So. <laughs> it's like, like Spidey Sense, but it's MetroSense. I, I like know. that. I like that. That's funny. So this next question comes from our buddy Blake or Otaku Rail Fan. Uh, number one is, what is the one locomotive or railroad car you like to be seen and made in three rail O scale? And the second question is directed at me, uh, Johnny. How many daylight GS4s is too many? Asking for a friend. Well, uh, first question: uh, one locomotive or railroad car I'd love to see made in three rail O scale is. Uh, hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I would actually like to see the Nebraska Zephyr from the Illinois Railroad Museum made in O-Scale because that's just a really beautiful set of uh, engine cars, just the big articulated streamlined cars. And um, hopefully one day Third Rail will make it. We have never gotten one of those in O-Scale, so I'd love to see one of those, something local here to us uh, Chicagoans. And second of all, how many daylights is too many? Um, well, I just built a second Home Depot shed in the back of my uh, my my backyard. So until I have no more room on my property, uh, there's no such thing as too many GS4s. So I'll throw the question over to Matt R. All right, Johnny. So 
I think I can answer this fairly with a lot with without any uncertainty, and that would be the Metra F fifty nine PHIs uh, in the uh, in the heritage colors, like the Chicago and Northwestern heritage color. I like that. I agree with you one hundred percent there. Yeah, and that that's an awesome question. Good question, by the way. I took a real fan. You know, maybe I should have read these things before we started. <laughs> um, well, I do have one, and I feel like my dream is going to be a reality soon enough. I have no inside information on any of this, but, uh, you know, my buddy DJ and I, uh, you guys kind of know where this is going. Uh, we're big into the, uh, I think those things are, uh, what's it, Subway? Yeah, that's it. That's it. Subway. Um yeah, come on. You knew it was coming now. Oh, God, they're uh, oh, back oh, on it God. again. Just just wait till I get to the end of this thing. Uh, no. <laughs> but uh, the post-general overhaul R32 uh, subway card, that would be really cool. I have two sets of the pre-GOH that they, that they did, uh, the N and the D. Uh, and I've always wanted the... Uh, post general overhaul look one guy did modify one car it's on youtube i did a video on it and it's really cool but it would be nice if a manufacturer did one uh, to be able to you know spend your money and buy it so i don't know we'll see i guess uh, time will tell all right so our next question comes from breakneck ridge and uh they want to know what's the locomotive you'll never sell and what's the locomotive that got away? So the locomotive that I'll never sell is um, definitely my Metro F40. Well, hopefully I don't have to go back to the Metro F40 like, you know, several times. I Again, I never I never looked at any of these questions. Um, I promise you I won't use Metro F40 for like every answer. <laughs> uh, what's what's the locomotive that got away? So uh, I'm kind of guessing that this is maybe something that I was trying to buy uh and and for some reason it either i got outbid on it or uh you know i just wasn't uh, i saw it and then i went back for it and it wasn't there uh so i would probably have to say man this is really tough actually i'm surprised you weren't saying the engine that got away at york oh well yeah i guess i don't Say it, because I don't. I don't remember the answer. So, well, you're talking about the Santa Fe, the Berkshire. Correct. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I admit. I guess that's probably a good one, and I, and you're probably right because of the price that the gentleman wanted for it was pretty much an absolute steal of a price. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that, Johnny. I would say that uh, that Santa Fe Berkshire at at, uh, at York, uh. It's the it's, it was the 2013 model, I believe, but uh, it's still it's legacy, still a beautiful model. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that one. Um, Matt Z. All right. Uh, this kind of piggybacks off of uh, the couple questions we had above, but hey, nothing wrong with that. You know, that's perfectly fine. You know, I wrote the list, so maybe I should have maybe I should have read these things. But yeah, so be it. We'll go with it anyway. So. Uh, locomotive I'll never sell again that Pennsylvania Heritage unit you know twice a year but hey I get, I get my enjoyment out of it so that one we're keeping that one 
Uh, one that got away, uh, got to throw it to that Coors Light set again. You know, I had a chance to get that one when I was younger. I unfortunately said no. I've been kicking myself ever since that day. Never saw one, you know, in person Dubai again since that time. Only online and, you know, uh, Facebook and eBay and places like that. So definitely that one. I will find one eventually. But like I said, I I want one for a halfway decent price and they are uh, hard to come by. All right. That leaves me as the last one here. An engine I will never sell. Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to take I'm, I already talked about the bird. I already talked about the GS. But wanna, those are obvious ones, but I'll, I'll put those aside. I'm going to say my original Milwaukee Row 265 S3, the first ever legacy steam engine. That engine right now is currently a glorified paperweight on my shelves because I'm too cheap to buy a new RCMC to fix it. However, even in its current condition, with the amount of times that Sid's seen it show up at his doorstep and he started weeping because he didn't want to see it again, um, I love that engine. It, it's weathered. It's one of a kind. It's my first ever legacy steam engine. I, I could never sell it. It's It's got too many memories. And uh, even though it's uh, it's limping along, I still love that engine to bits. Um, a locomotive that got away. So I'm going to be the oddball out here because this is something you expect the match to say. The one that got away, or one of the ones that got away, was one at our local hobby shop at Chicago and Hobby that all three of us wanted at one point. Um, was the Pink Line CTA set? That I is was one hoping that, you were going to say Pink Line. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I love it. I I saw it. I'm like, man, that thing's cool. And I'm pretty sure Matt R did the exact same thing, and we walked on them. And that thing's long gone. But uh, yeah, those are those are my two choices. You know, I'm thinking if we, if there's such a thing as a rare, unique electrics and subways video, the pink line would have to be in there for the rare part. That set is you'll find the two pack every now and again, but yeah. the four pack is you cannot find that. That is, I know Matt. When I I think we both kind of found it together the four pack and Matt. Uh, grabbed that and he was like, you know, oh man, I can't believe I got it. I can't believe I got it. It's like, <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I'm glad you got it because that is a killer set. Absolutely. Really awesome. Yep. <laughs> All right. So uh, I go next, eh? All you. Okay. Here we go. All right. Uh, so this next one comes in from our buddy Matt from Matt's Collection. Uh, that is with one T, by the way. Um, <laughs> all right. And it reads like this. Uh, would you ever like to see a movement where two rail makes a massive return to O scale? And if so, should uh, should it replace three rail? You know, and I actually just had this conversation with a, a non-trained person the other day, as a matter of fact, and uh, was telling him a little, little bit about two rail. And, you know, for me... I, <laughs> I don't see it being what three rail is. And, and by that, I mean, you know, in three rail, we have, you know, the, the cool sounds, the smoke, these advanced things that these engines do, like, you know, take the vision line uh, pieces, you know, all the steamers and, you know, that sort of thing. And, and plus, 
you know, that's where the fun comes in. And plus, you know, I feel two rail is very nitpicky. If if that if that's if that makes any sense, you know, they want everything to be accurate and you know, so things like fantasy schemes, you know, forget that you'd never see that. And plus, with two rail, you need really wide curves. I mean, a two rail minimum is 072, and that's being nice. You know, you got curves that are way, way, way bigger in two rail than in three rail. And so to me, I don't personally see it as being, you know, like the next three rail. But, you know, I, I think it'll you know, be what it is and maybe keep going. I, I, but you know what? I think again, time will tell. So uh, Johnny, what do we think here? So return to two rail. So I, I'll admit when I first got back into the hobby, I was, I, I heard about two rail and I'm like, Oh, you know, it's just, Oh, it's just a big HO, you know, but it, it's, it's more than that. It's definitely for the person who's more interested in scale in um, accuracy and the brass side of things more so than what third rail offers for the three mil market. And it's, it's definitely for the, um, the modeler rather than just the, uh, the enthusiast is the best way to put it. You definitely need huge curbs. You need to have a lot of patience um, and finding a good two rail dealer to buy stuff from is very difficult. Um, uh, here in Chicago, we're fortunate enough to have displays. Uh, they're great for two rail stuff, but um, yeah, I I don't think we'll fully see two rail be as popular as three rail. However, the aspects of two rail, um, we're seeing like Katie couplers and stuff like that. That is definitely making a, a big. Uh, it, it is becoming more uh, prevalent as time goes on. Um, you have folks like like uh, like Norm or uh, Rich Batista or um, some of the, some of the folks in, in the Matt and Matt Discord server, uh, they they have wonderful three rail scale layouts or collections. So, I don't think it'll ever get to the point where two rail will be fully in the limelight once again. But it's definitely it's definitely increasing in popularity, or at least aspects of it are bleeding into three rail. Uh, how about you, Matt? So what I what I'd like to see a movement where two rail makes a massive return to a scale. I'm I'm a big fan of anything like obviously just coming out of the woodwork and making a very profitable return to O scale. Should it replace three whale, three rail? No, absolutely not. Um, and my answer to that is, you know, three rail is very nostalgic. Uh, it is very driven into the O scale community. Um, it would be very hard for anything to replace three rail. Uh, o scale and i don't uh, although i do think you know two rail is absolutely stunning looking uh some of the engines are just fantastic looking yes it it rides on a you know a, a more of a realistic track so to speak uh but uh yeah it, there's just something about three rail that just is you know it, been doing it for so long it's like second nature so but you know i wish both two rail and three rail. I, I wish, I, I hope they're both profitable and I, I hope they're both here uh, for the long haul. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm just going to tack on really quickly in there. Um, 
kind of just piggybacking of what both Matt said, like for two rail, it's definitely uh, really cool. I do agree that the sound aspects aren't quite on the same par as O scale. Um, you definitely uh, have a wide variety with DCC, but it just doesn't have the same bassiness. But uh, it, it is a really cool scale, and it's definitely something nostalgic and something that, uh, like I said, more precisionist modeler seems to be into. But moving on to our next question, and this is kind of one we've been asked a couple of times already, but I will say it again. This is from Legend Driver C. Uh, this will be, what train is your holy grail, and do you own it? Um, what is my holy grail item? Um, I am not currently on the lookout for anything crazy, but to avoid me saying the same engines again, I will say um, Holy Grail at the moment is the third rail Southern Pacific MT5. That is something that I've been eyeing up for a long time, and I do hope to be able to find it soon. Who knows? Maybe I'll find one at York, so uh, fingers crossed. Uh, how about you, Matt R? You know, I've considered myself to be pretty lucky that I've been able to find over the last several years. I've been able to find a lot of things on my wish list slash holy grail list. I would say that the one I recently purchased was my holy grail. That is the um, the Santa Fe uh, 100th anniversary set. Uh, that camp that comes in the the really beautiful war bonnet box. I just I just did a review on it on my YouTube channel. Um, without a doubt, that was definitely my holy holy grail um, because that kind of signifies everything there is about Lionel and Santa Fe and kind of their history together. Um, so yes, I would say you know uh, that is my holy grail, and yes, I do own it. All right, so for me, I'm going to avoid saying the Silver Bullet set for a minute, and I do want to highlight another set that I have gotten this year. So to answer the second part of the question, yes, I do have this, and it is from our buddy Eric Trainman. He got in the MTH uh, Premier R1 uh, subway set. Uh, DJ and I have a little bit of a story with this one. You know, I've always said, hey, DJ, if you ever want to sell that R1, let me know, let me know. So he still has his. I now have mine from courtesy of Eric. And I asked DJ, you know, when he was offered it to me, you know, should I get it? Should I get it? He, I told him the price and he was like, dude, get it, get it. So I have it. I love it. It's a great set. Uh, still on the lookout for that uh, silver bullet set, though. All right. So our next question comes from Tom Fall. And he asks a question that maybe I like. I don't know. We're going to we're going to read it right here. So here we go. All right. So why do why do we buy boxes of train items then throw them under the layout and forget we have them? And the second part of this is uh, uh, then when we finally discover them again, we uh, we contemplate selling but can't. So uh, you keep boxes of stuff under the layout, you know, uh, <laughs> you know how it goes, whether it's the unthinkable engines it happens you know cars you know uh buildings scenery you know uh, uh automobiles wh whatever you know items you want to get you know i'll go under my layout sometimes you know and i'll clean it out and look and see you know all what i got and whatever and there are some times i have gone under there and be like what do i have this for you know and some of the stuff has ended up for sale 
sometimes some of the things uh but you know it's just crazy you, you know it's like you get all the stuff you do forget you have it you know it's like or when you do pull it out it's like you know oh i remember what i bought this four or five years ago <laughs> you know what i mean you know what i mean it's something man i tell you but uh no i i don't know it, it's i don't really have an answer for that, for that one but uh i guess it's just a fun little joke i guess uh, matt what do you think uh i have two words impulse purchase <laughs> and i think everybody here and and a lot of our listeners probably understand those two words because we tend to see things that pop up and you don't want them to get away because you feel like well if i don't get it now i may not get it in the future and you buy them and you put them under your layout because now you have it but you it might have been so insignificant that you just don't even put it on your layout to run it around and then years later you you know find it and you're like oh yeah why did i buy this like do i want to sell it Mm, but what if I don't ever find it again? <laughs> so, so it is uh, impulse purchasing and emotional attachments. Uh, usually is why we run into that situation. And, uh, you know, it, 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 we all we all have our vices. It's, it's always going to be something that we're going to run into. Um, you know, I try, you know, not to make this really long and long winded. But um, I do try to go under my layout every now and then or in my storage area and try to pull things off that I don't run and sell them again so I can kind of keep my revolving inventory, so to speak. Uh, but uh, that doesn't always happen. <laughs> uh, go ahead, Johnny. Hold on. Wait, what's an impulse buy? I, I, I don't know what that is. You got to enlighten me on that one after the show's over, Matt. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> impulse buy. I don't know how that is. <laughs> so let's see why do we buy so many boxes of train up what are boxes i don't know what boxes are i don't know any guy who What's keeps box? boxes i don't know i don't know what those are <laughs> what the thing i don't know things that surround your trains the things that prevent you from getting to them no um we i do i will admit i did recently um take all the boxes from out of under the layout to reorganize them and seeing all those boxes on one one big pile is definitely an eye-opener but um, really what it kind of boils down to, uh, uh, on top of what the other guys have said of impulse buying and, and that one item you, you need to have but you don't really need, it's the constant pursuit of the next layout. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be better. Oh, I'll, I'll buy this giant engine or I'll buy this whole pasture set. It's too big for my layout now, but the next layout, though, definitely going to run it. And you just acquire and acquire and acquire. It's that that pursuit of the future that you may reach or you may never reach. But uh, that's enough to kind of be like, ah, oh, I should get it. It's a good price. I'll never see it again. If I don't get it now, once next time I'm to see it. And then you buy it and you see that eight more got listed on eBay, but you, you're, you're content enough because you bought it and it just sits under the layout. But it's it's the collector. It's the dreamer of you in you that uh, that makes you want it. That's a good segue into our next question. <laughs> it is. And uh, I believe this is me. Yep, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it's you, man. Uh, if you had, I'm sorry, this comes from Sock Steve, and uh, he would like to know if you had unlimited time, space, budget for your layout, 
what feature would you want that you don't currently have? Uh, I'll be really quick with this answer. Um, I always love the huge trestles that people have on their layout. And I know they can, I know it takes a lot of room and a lot of time and a lot of money uh, to get those uh, installed. But uh, it's one of my favorite things when I watch other people's uh, YouTube videos and I go to other people's layouts when they have these really big train trestles. Uh, they're just one of the most amazing things. Go ahead, Johnny. Something I would, if I had unlimited space and budget for my layout, I think after seeing a lot of the YouTube guys, specifically Sid, Chris, Jason, turntable and roundhouse or or a big yard is, is something I really want to have on the layout. My yard was originally built with the intention of switching puzzles and freight cars and like kind of an engine maintenance facility. It is only an engine storage facility. I have not done switching in that yard for a very long time. And I, I do wish I had a, a bigger yard, but that or a roundhouse um, Chris's is great. You look at pictures of it that he posts sometimes and you could swear it's the real thing. I thought it was an actual place in PA for the longest darn time until I actually used my eyes and read the caption. Uh, but uh, yeah, that or a turntable because they just look like a bunch of fun. How about you, Madsy? Uh, not to be a copycat, but yeah, turntable. Uh, I'm, I have an idea way in the weeds about uh, redoing my layout with a turntable in it and it's something I really, really want. And, you know, like Johnny said, you know, with Chris, his layout, you know, I I put in one of our chats, he posted a picture of his roundhouse with some engines. And I, I, and I said, this is a real picture. You can't change my mind. It, honestly, you would never know it was a model. It, 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 really? I mean, the interior on those things, you know, you go crazy with the detail and whatever. It, it, they're amazing. And, you know, the ability to have, you know, a spot to store an engine that isn't on a wall or on a, you know, you know, a viewable siding, uh, for lack of a better word, is something that I really wish that I could do. And man, I said, maybe in the future, maybe it'll come. But for now, we got what we got. And that's it. All righty. So, uh you know, Matt's, uh, Matt's he's eventually going to get a turntable. I bet you he's going to, oh, you know what, Matt, just get your record player and just nail a piece of track to it. You know, perfectly fine, right? You know what, I sh <laughs> I, I, I had a joke with thought about it. I want to rip out where I want the turntable. I'm going to put my, my vinyl turntable and say, hey, I got a turntable today. Wait a minute, huh? What's that? <laughs> right? <laughs> wow, Matt, we're so, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go, boys. Uh, Matt Z's uh, new update. Keep an eye out for it. <laughs> but uh, next question here uh, we have is from uh, RRL Comish, I believe. If I said your name wrong, you can yell at me on the Discord. I give you full permission to do so. Uh, next one is actually a really interesting one. So Legacy and DCS have been around for a while, and Lionel will be introducing the Cab 3 soon. But that's mostly just a consolidation of existing technology. What do you think will be the next big advance in technology? Now, this is just a little trend I've seen going on uh, between our Discord folks and some of our friends here in the community. I, I There really isn't much you can do aside from smartphone control and, and, uh, and all that Bluetooth and command control. It's, it's pretty advanced, at least for, for now. I think we've, we've 
gotten as far as we can for the moment. Um, I know Maddie C has said Lionelville, the, that that uh, movie that came out uh, ten about nine ten years ago with like the VR stuff, but really I don't. I don't think VR needs to come to to model trains because at that point you got a headset on and you're not looking at the actual models. That's that's we'll leave that to the video games. Really, I think the new trend that we're seeing in our group and Matt's brought it up before, customization um, with sounds more specifically. Um, so being able to kind of come up with custom sound sets or customize what you put in your engines, um, something built in from the get go. That would be really cool. It would require quite a lot of um, change in the industry and new technology. But I feel like folks being able to kind of more so than just the five bells and whistles, customize, customize their, their engines almost to a degree where like the train sim communities are able to do. I think that would be really cool. It, it would give, open up a whole new avenue to, to, uh, model trains. But, uh, since I'm on the topic, I, I will hand it on over to the sound master, Matt Z. Matt Z, what do you think? Uh, I got to throw it to you. I mean, you know, the, the customizing, you know, I mean, you know, we talk about it a lot on the podcast, a lot on the, you know, the discord, the chat, the voice chat or the regular chat. And, you know, we even have an, uh, Johnny and I and a few friends, we have our own private little group that all we talk about is sounds and how we want to do this and do that to them. And we edit them together and, and, uh, we have a ton of fun and you know, I think that having customization to that degree is something that, you know, if it's not already known to the manufacturers really should be and be like, Hey, we can do this with our engine. You know, we can take a recording of a real train, throw it on there and it's going to sound great and it'll be what we want it to be. You know, uh, there's, uh, Isaac, uh, who asked a question earlier, he's done full on custom sound files, uh, from a, uh, show that, uh, him and, uh, our buddy Blake watch. Um, and he made a completely custom sound file for this, uh, big boy, uh, for the show. It's called the big one, but it's a, uh, big boy. And it's that level of, customization that was previously unheard of in the hobby you can now do it you can take that file and completely change it nothing can be nothing is mth anymore people have done this you know nothing is mth not an air release nothing it's all real sound effects that you recorded or got off a youtube video whatever it is you can do that and that that's the Next thing that I think like specifically Lionel and Lionel specifically, really, I mean, you know, the five whistle thing is really, really cool. And I like that. However, for me, and I don't, and I don't mean to make this long winded, but I think for me, that feature is good when you have the correct whistles to start with. And I've noticed that, you know, some of these engines they've made, They've kind of been reusing the same whistles over and over again, and it, it's it could be done better, but it's better than what we had before, whereas you have the whistle that we give you, and that's it. Now you have five to select from. They may not be correct all the time, but 
you have more options than you did before. So I think it's a step in the right direction. But I think if you had a custom program like the ADPCM program, like we've mentioned before, and in chats and et cetera, that is what you need for Lionel. And who knows? Maybe it'll come. All right. I guess uh, we're on to me. I'll make this really fast. Um, I will just kind of piggyback uh, exactly what the uh, the uh, other two gents said. Uh, customization, I think, is huge because right now the way the uh, you know we kind of evolve in the training industry is is definitely equal to the technology out there that we use kind of every day. Uh, you know that we have like in computers and phones and stuff like that. Uh, so and right now we're kind of at a standstill as to what we can do. The only thing that I'll throw in here is that putting something like a GoPro, I know they've had cameras and cabs before. Like I, I understand that, but putting like a very highly sophisticated camera with both video and sound inside of a cab, like right where the engineer would be. So you can like kind of broadcast that to like phones or stream it to video or, you know, wherever I thought that would be kind of cool. You know, That'd be really cool and like obviously a vision line piece, but like one of these engines like the class A that's coming out with the stereo sound and the pop off smoke, you know, when that pop off goes off, the whole room fills with sound. Uh, It's like when the blow off goes off on a Proto one, you can hear it all the way upstairs. And it's I think if you had, yeah, something like that, where like you have a speaker or a camera, rather, I'm sorry, uh, a camera with sound you know that you hit the button the pop-off goes off and it's just this wall of sound because you gotta think that's what you would hear in in the prototype so i think that would be great to see yep agree all right so next question comes in from our buddy maddie c maddie c trains and it uh reads like this uh what are your favorite layouts that you visited or have seen on youtube that you wish to visit someday from the O-Gage community as a whole. So uh, for me, I have, uh, like other people do in the uh, community, have a uh, train club. Uh, It's a national club. It's called the TTOS or the Toy Train Train Operator Society. And they have a local division where I'm I'm from here in New York. And uh, we've had the opportunity every uh, March it is and to go visit other people's layouts i've met my friend rich uh there Uh, my grandpa's known him for a long time and i've uh, got to know him over the past about five years or so with the trains so uh, we have fun with that and so i think you know as far as like local to me uh, there's this guy that i uh really enjoy his name is frank battaglia and he's on youtube uh check him out uh, on the Discord, I'll throw a link somewhere in uh, one of the chats uh, when this episode gets published. You can check him out. But uh, he's got a collection for years. <laughs> Let me tell you, he, he's got floor to ceiling shelves of you name it. It's there. Uh, a layout to match. It's a ranch style basement. It is huge. It is just wall to wall trains. It is really cool. It's great. Um. And uh, as far as like a YouTube guy, uh, our friends, you know, Chris, Jason, 
actually both Chris's, uh, Jason, Eric Siegel, of course, uh, you Chicago guys, obviously. You know, I'd love to see all your guys' stuff. So one day we'll make that dream a reality. How's that sound? Well, I was all down for it until you said anchovy hot dogs. So now I don't know about that. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> all right. Hit it, Johnny. Let's hear it. All right. Favorite layouts that I've visited. Um, I think out of the ones I've seen so far, definitely Chris trains and things. His layout is definitely up there. Very impressive layout. Very fun layout to run on. Really enjoyed hanging out with him and doing that. Um, really fun to go to Sid's place and run trains with him. He's got a really fun layout too. Um, it really helps you to focus on running the trains there. And it's just a really cool space he's got. Uh, layouts I'd like to visit. Uh, on the list, uh, definitely Norm. Norm Charbonneau's layout is a, a must. At some point, I'd love to see that. Oh, of course. How can I say? I really love Jason's layout as well. I've already said we've seen that one. I got to see that trend Palooza. We'll see it again soon. Um, but the other one I'd like to visit that's high on the list right now is uh, RBP Chris, uh, RBP Trains, his layout. That one is just one I feel like would be really super fun to run on. And all of our East Coast buddies who've already had that privilege of running at Chris's house, very jealous of you guys. Hopefully, we can break into Chris's house at some point, you know, with, with his permission. But uh, how about you, Matt? Well, what's on your list? Yeah, so the layouts that I've already visited, uh, definitely uh, Mr. Uh, Chris M uh, was able to visit his layout uh, last year at York, as well as Sid's layout. I was very, very happy to, you know, take what I was used to seeing on video and actually seeing it in person was fantastic. Uh, ones that I'd like to see um, would really love to go visit uh, Eric Siegel's layout. Uh, obviously, somebody that uh, I've been watching for a very, very long time um, and uh, would be a love to go see his layout. And then number two, uh, one of our friends of the podcast uh, is Mr. Uh, Steve K. Uh, in New York, uh, I I love his videos, and I, I I just his 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 layouts. He has two of them. He has a a modern one and a and a uh, you know an old uh, uh, post war one. And uh, I would love to see his uh, layouts in person. I'm so glad you said Steve because I was sitting here silently going like, oh god, I forgot to say Steve. I forgot to say Steve's layout. So I'm glad you got it. <laughs> you already missed it, and Steve hates you now. Ah, uh, dang! I'm never gonna get to go to go to Steve's house now. Oh, nope. well. <laughs> you're uninvited. <laughs> it's a uh, plus one over Steve for me, dude. His layouts are great. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, moving on. I believe it is me. So, um, Eric Train Man asks one item you'd love to see made in O scale that hasn't been done before. All right, uh, Eric, great question. I would have to say, I would love to see them make the, the BN one. Uh, that's the Burlington Northern E nines. Uh, you can find uh, that one at Illinois railway railway museum. Uh, that's never been done in, at least O scale that I'm aware of. Um, I'm sure people have done custom runs, but I've never actually seen one like right from the manufacturer before. So would love to see that. Uh, how about yourself? Uh, Maddie, Maddie Z. Maddie Z. <laughs> this reminds me of the episode where it was a four mats. <laughs> Maddie Z or Maddie, whatever, whatever one it was. All right. Uh, so again, Eric, great question. I uh, really like it. I'm going to go, uh, throw johnny here uh one that he said earlier and that would be the nebraska zephyr uh two reasons 
A, MTH already made a sound set. They made the E8s with the Nebraska Zephyr. And two, I could customize that because it has in the I Love Big Trains uh, video, they have the bell going and it sounds very similar to a Proto 1E unit bell. So I could have fun with an MP3 of that. But uh, yes, I do really uh, would like to see that made. Well, who knows? Maybe one day. I can imagine great Northern Jason is just sitting uh, in his in his uh, in his room right now, listening to the podcast, going "Irm piece, Nebraska Zephyr," and it's like going nuts right now because we're saying all these cool pieces. But I'm gonna throw a, a wrench into the into the works here. I'm gonna say something I'd like to see, and I brought this up on the podcast before. Uh, Vision line steam rotary snowplow, please, with all the smoke features. Um, something we haven't seen. A unique piece that would be pretty cool. Hopefully, it wouldn't be too too expensive either. Um, but that's something I would love to see personally in O scale, because um, just because it'd be a non-powered unit and be pretty cool. Uh, neat novelty piece. Um, but going locomotives, I'm not sure if this has been made or not. Uh, at least from Lionel or MTH, I don't think it has. Uh, I know Tim, our buddy Tim, will correct me uh, if I'm incorrect on this. But uh, Frisco 1522, I believe, isn't is the is the Frisco engine that used to be in the excursion service, most because uh, then there'd be another steam engine that ran for BNSF that Matt R would have to buy. So that would be my nomination there. All right, and then I think. Am I the next one here? I lost track. Yes, sir. It is you. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. <clears throat> uh, let's see. So our next one comes from our good buddy here, a great friend to us here, Chicago Boys, uh, Rafe. Rafe asks, what is the best find you've each had in the hobby? The best deal. They can be different. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, Isaac and Jason make fun of me about this all the time. I have ridiculously good luck for some reason with rolling stock. Um, I think the best deal I ever got was something I actually sold to our good buddy Jason, J.D. Stucks, uh, which is every single 20th century 21-inch passenger car from K-Line. I got it from a gentleman off of eBay for an absolutely stellar price um that would probably be the best deal i've ever gotten um and then the best find uh, i don't know what i would say for best find i'm gonna go off i'm gonna go on the lower end here and continue my rolling stock tangent um probably my weathered nnw boxcar i got from york last year because it was just a like a 20 30 piece of atlas rolling stock I just bought blindly, took it out of the box uh, when we were outside at Choo Choo Barn, saw that it was completely weathered and that it had individual planking, pallets, and everything inside. And I didn't even realize that till after I bought it. So that probably one of my uh, my best deals or best finds that I found as of late. Uh, I'm going to throw it on over to you, Matt Z. What is your best deal and best find? So for the best find, uh, I have to throw a streetcar in here it's my uh mth uh cincinnati streetcar that i have i got it on ebay it was uh scrolling through ebay one night and i found it it was uh, 99 dollars, brand new in a box uh i i clicked off of it scrolled down a little bit i couldn't wait any longer because i didn't want to make sure nobody bought it 
So I, I, I went back up, bought it, and then I just kept sh- scrolling down to see what else was good in there. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, cheapest, you know, quote unquote engine, uh, I guess I've ever gotten. Um, uh, the best deal, I, I'm going to throw another engine in here and say the 060Ts. Uh, they, those engines, you know, I love them. They're great. You know, I've spoke about them highly on the show before, so I'm not going to go on to them, but they are great engines for the money. You know, if you're into small steam and don't want to break the bank, you know, around 250, 300, give or take, you know, they are really, really great engines and well worth the money. I have two of them and there's more in the catalog that we'll be having a future episode on and I'll probably be buying more there too. All right, uh, that leaves uh, me then. So I would say the best find. Um, I'd probably have to go with the, with the uh, with the CTA Pink Line train. I don't think I ever would have saw that one, and it actually uh, someone had mentioned it um, in one of our in the Discord in the Matt Matt Discord server. See another another reason why to why, you know to join the Matt Matt Discord server is people will post all these awesome deals. So. Uh, uh yeah so i got that for i mean i it wasn't like it's not like the deal one where it's like i got it at a good price i got it for around msrp but the fact that i actually found it i considered to be like a real a really good deal uh i'm sorry uh like a you know a good find i should say uh as for a good deal uh well i didn't have to think hard about this uh i was able to find a uh a cno uh 2662 malay uh from an online seller for pretty much an unbelievable price um now uh it was it was about 125 dollars i'll be perfectly honest with you um now it didn't it functioned only in conventional mode the team cc uh it was not functioning in team cc and command control uh but uh took me about 45 minutes to open it up and do some quick repairs and uh you know it turned into a, a fully fledged uh, command control engine with literally nothing wrong with it. Um, so I would definitely say that was the deal of the lifetime for me that I probably won't ever see again. All right. So our next one comes from our buddy Joker or Zach. And he asked the age old question. Do you think Strasburg is overrated? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Um, no seriously i i think it's a cool railroad and you know you know the pieces they have and you know what they're doing is great but you know personally i don't see all the hype in it but you know that's just my opinion you know don't shoot the messenger or nothing but you know that that's my opinion on it uh i think it's cool but you know it's it, it's a niche thing and i think it's you know kind of like you know for us subway guys you know it's like that's our thing and you know for those Strasbourg people that's their thing and hey nothing wrong with that so Matt what do you think well I, I think when you hear you got to be careful when you use the word overrated because when you overrated is kind of a relative term and it's based on an individual's value of something uh, and if I lived around that area um you know, in Strasbourg, you know, it's hard for me to say it's overrated because 
I'm sure there's plenty of people that think Metro is overrated and plenty of people, like like you said, Matt, um, you know, plenty of people that think subways, plenty of people that think Santa Fe is overrated. Um, so I probably would have to say, uh, I'm not trying to like say the safe answer here, um, but do I think it's overrated? Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not from that area, so I really don't know if it is or not. I, I, I think somebody from Strasburg or, you know, from that area would be a better person to answer that question. Um, and, and there's another question like this kind of a few questions down and I'll, I'll probably have a little bit better answer for that. Um, but do I think it's overrated? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's not for me to say because it's, it's not a railroad that I follow. Uh, I, when I went to Strasburg last year, I had a great time, um, rode the engine with the cars. It was really fun. The place is amazing looking, uh, like the little railroad and the station they have there. Go ahead, Johnny. I think anchovies are pretty overrated. Not gonna lie. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait a minute. No, no. In serious though, I, I think a good person to ask this question to would be Chris M. Yes. Yes. That, no that, one's that's, more qualified. And that, that's and that were, that's where I was going. It's better to ask somebody who is very connected to said topic if it's overrated. Then somebody like me that's just like, well, I don't do anything. I don't I have no affiliation with Strasburg at all. Um, do I think it's a really cool railroad? And I, you know, do I think it's a really awesome that they have this old train station and all these steam engines like out in the middle of Amish country? Yeah, I think it is really awesome. I think it's pretty cool. That's a I want my uh, Strasburg smoke fluid, please. <laughs> Matt, Matt, anybody who's been to Strasburg knows the smell of yes. Strasburg. And I'm not talking about the yeah. steam engines, gents. <laughs> yep. Be careful what you wish for. Talking about another steamy item. <laughs> Something <laughs> else that's steamy. <laughs> Steaming I, it, piles of blank. <laughs> Cowpats. Cowpat. Uh, Cowpat. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right. Am I? Uh, you got to answer it yet. You didn't answer it. What was, do I think Strasburg? Why are you trying to avoid it, Johnny? Yeah, come on now. Come on. Answer do I it. Think, do I think Strasburg's over, overrated? Um, I don't think it's overrated. I just think the market's very oversaturated with Strasburg stuff from Lionel recently. That's just all we've been seeing just because they've seen that it's a, a market tap into. I like the Strasburg Railroad. I, I, I rode it as well with uh, Matt R. when we went for York. Um, if they make a model of 475, just because that's the engine we rode behind, I'll grab it. But uh, it's a cool railroad, not for me. Um, but hey, I know it has its fans. I know Maddie C will be uh, wearing Scrosbury's colors till the end of his days. So you know, we'll see. <laughs> All right, I will. Uh, I'll take the next one. Um, comes from our good friend Ferris of them all, and uh, he asks if you had to run only one road name on your layout. What would it be in one passenger train from that line headed up by the locomotive of your choice with the cars? What would they be? Uh, first, great question. Uh, I like this. It's one of these questions that really makes you think. Uh, I think this is easy for me. And I think a lot of folks might say, well, you're just going to say Metra. But the answer is no, I, I'm not going to say Metra. Um, I am, I'm, I'm going to say my, a Santa Fe Northern, you know, pull in the chief. 
cars. Like I, that is the absolute answer. You know, I mean, you know, when you say like one road name, like for me, Santa Fe has a, has a deep meaning for me. And then, you know, what's more iconic than like a steam passenger engine. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people that know me or watch my videos knows that I'm a huge passenger, uh, you know, type person. I like passenger, uh, uh, type engines. I like passenger cars. Uh, I usually only run passenger type, you know, items on my layout with the occasional freight things here and there. But um, 100% San Fe uh, Northern with uh, uh, Paul and the Chief. How about yourself, Matt Z? Uh, Carmine, really good question. Like uh, Matt said, uh, it's definitely a head turner and thinker and scratcher and you know, all of those sorts of things. Um, for me, uh, if I can only one run one road name, uh, New York Central, hands down. Uh, the variety of, you know, what they have. And, you know, I think a lot of these, you know, power railroads is, you know, I, I like to term it as, you know, they all have, you know, their pieces that really make them shine. But as far as uh, a passenger train from said railroad, uh, Empire State Express, uh, hands down, preferably the all silver um, streamline era, like the 1941 uh, when it first debuted. Uh, that paint and that set is gorgeous. Uh, it just, it's really cool. It's uh, maybe I'm going to be, you know, kind of going a little off the deep end here, but say it's like the daylight of the East Coast. It's a beautiful, beautiful set. You know, it's the colors and the lines and all that. It's just a great set. So that that's my answer for it. So speaking of daylight, uh, let's hear it. Ooh, one railroad and one passenger train headed by a locomotive of my choice. Oh, man, it's almost like I had to think for a second. But no, it's it's obviously the Southern Pacific and the daylight. Um, just I love SP. It's what I grew up with. And I just love the colors of the daylight. Just nothing like it. Um, nothing like it in the world. Maybe maybe those copycat BNSF guys, I guess. But, you know. <laughs> Love, love the daylight. What did I tell you? I knew it was going to be that. All right. So our next question comes from Billy the Kid. And man, I like these controversial questions, I guess. So it reads as follows. Uh, why is the big boy overused and overrated? So <laughs> I'm going to spin this a little bit and say it's I don't quite think overrated but maybe overhyped if that's a thing. I think, you know, when 4014, you know, was restored and all that, it was great to see it. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, once you've kind of seen a big boy, you've seen a big boy, especially a model, you know, I think over the last, you know, five, six, seven years, you know, it seems like it's big boy after big boy and well, that's fine. It's like, you know, after a while, it's like, I'm done with big boys. I, I could go without seeing another big boy and I'd be fine with that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I don't know. It's I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to quit talking and run the mic to somebody else. Johnny. So I think one of the reasons why we see the big boy so often, um, and, and this is more so than 4014's return to steam. Like that's definitely a big reason for all the manufacturers to release it all over again, just because the big boy is one of the most popular engines out there worldwide, not even just in the States. It's, it's the biggest steam engine and the biggest operating steam engine in the world. 
Um, it's it's got that popularity to it. Even people who don't know what what trains are, they know they they've seen the big boy at least once in their lives. Um, and for a industry standpoint as well, you got to remember, you know, these are these are companies that are trying to make money. They want to make models that will sell well. You know, are you going to choose the really obscure steam engine from a short line somewhere in the middle of nowhere? Or that you don't know if people are going to order, or you're going to put the big boy that everybody knows and everybody wants to have the giant monster of their collection. So that's my two cents. How about you, Matt R., as the resident big boy owner here? <laughs> as somebody with a 4014. So for me to say the big boy is overrated is like saying Michael Jordan is an overrated basketball player. Because for me, the big boy is an iconic engine in its own right you know uh, like you said johnny it is like the largest steam engine um ever produced in, in in america uh i'm sure it's worldwide too but uh but you know to me it's there's something super special about it um is it you know over rate is it oversaturated or overused um i would say yes i mean it's there's a lot of publicity behind it there's been a lot of you know a lot of engines a lot of things with big boy on it sure you know people are trying to like johnny said people are, are trying to make money on it you know uh, but do i think it's overrated again absolutely not i think it's iconic um am i biased maybe i am <laughs> but but uh, i do agree that i i do think it's definitely uh overuse and oversaturated All right. I think it is my turn to grab the next question here. So our next question comes from our one of our mods from the server here, and that is uh, Clay or Southern Eagle Lines. And he's asked us, uh, would you guys ever purposely get unlettered or undecorated models for your layouts and letter them? Um, Clay, I know this is something that you're doing for your layout. I think that's super cool, dude. I've seen... Uh, your custom designs for your layout and for your paint scheme, I think it's really elegant and really awesome. Would I ever personally do it myself? Um, probably not, just because I don't think I, I don't think I would. I don't think I could justify making my own custom engine for a fantasy uh, railroad for myself personally, or to just make a model from an unlettered model. Um, and it's not to bash anything like that. I think it's cool. It's just I do not have the ability or the the talent to do so. I will save the custom work for guys like uh, like Carmine or Fairest of them all. He's scratch builder uh, out the wazoo. So I'll leave that to him and for you guys to do. Uh, how about you, Matt R? So uh, yeah, good question, Clay. By the way, I would. I think it's really cool that people take their own identities and their own, uh, you know, personal uh, things in their life and want to create their own personal train line. I think that's amazing for me, probably not, or I should say most likely not. Uh, you know, it's it just number one, like I don't have the patience to do any detailing. Like I'm awful at painting and like little tiny things like, I would mess it up if anything. Um, although I would like to have the anchovy express. The anchovy. I'd, I'd do a sound set for that. Just saying. 
I, I <laughs> when we get a custom Matt and Matt engine, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Uh, joking <laughs> aside, obviously joking aside. Yeah, the answer would be uh, most likely not. But you know what? More power to the people that um, do custom work, because I think custom work is some of the most impressive stuff out there in the old scale industry. How about your? How about yourself, Matt Z? Yeah, it's it's a plus one with you guys. You know, I I, I don't have the the patience. So even like, the, you know, at like the custom painting, you know, like like our friend DJ, you know, he does all that work. And it's like, you know, his work is great. I mean, I just don't have the, the really the time or the patience. And plus, my hands are kind of shaky. So it's like, you know, I, I, I just I can't even if I wanted to. I, I just I can't. I'd much rather go on the computer and edit a sound set than I would uh, customize a train. But that that's my take on it. And we have another question from our good friend, Clay, and he wants to know what is a building you'd like to see in Oscale? So that's actually a really good question, I have to say. Um, for me, uh, it would be probably something that's related to Chicago. Uh, probably like a restaurant or something. So I would love to see like a uh, maybe or a a Portillo's um, restaurant building uh, or uh, perhaps maybe a like a, you know, like a Nick's Red Hots or, you know, uh, Gene and Jude's like something iconic to Chicago uh, that's made into a building. I think that would be cool. How about yourself, Johnny? Well, I can't disagree. This Portillo's is where it's at. You know, we need some. How else are my 148th scale figures supposed to get Chicago style hot dogs? You know, where are they going to go? This is true. Molly's Diner. Molly's Diner can't compete with that. But no, I, I'm with you. I, I definitely would love to see a Portillo's and O scale. So uh, the good folks at Menards, if you're listening, please make it happen. But uh, I'm going to throw the mic over to Matt Z. Matt Z, what building do you want to see? Uh, I want to see two, actually. And uh, they're. They're both uh, very uh, well. They are New York, and it's New York skyline. Unfortunately, is the uh, uh, twin towers. Uh, I really, I've seen a model that the NJ High Railways did. The thing was as big as a house. The thing was huge. I would love to see even a scaled down model of one of those. Uh, that would just be fantastic. I mean, you know, if you're trying to model a New York City skyline. You know, those, you know, Empire State Building, uh, K-Lines made the, made the Statue of Liberty. So, you knew you could do a whole New York thing. Uh, if you have the E-Train, uh, you can, the, it announces the stop for the World Trade Center before 9-11. So, you know, that's, that's a set to have. You know, if you're in the New York area, uh, it's one to get. But I think that, yeah, if you had a World Trade Center, that would just be really cool whether it's you know like i said the the pre 9-11 or even the one world trade center uh, that they have now with the all the glass and all that that would just be great to see too so i would love to see it you know i'll throw another throw at menards if you're listening we'll take it any any way shape or form i'm in all right so our next question comes from isaiah or classic historian and he asks if there's one gauge or scale that uh, you would alternate with O gauge, what would it be? And also, uh, what is your favorite and least favorite accessories and engines? So I think uh, for the first part of the question would be uh, 
uh, ON30, uh, which is HO that runs on NCL track. Uh, that seems to work really well, especially if you're doing like a, you know, a mountain scene uh, with the train, you know, going over it, uh, kind of like the way Eric Siegel does it. Uh, that works really well, and you can barely tell the difference. It, it looks great. Uh, favorite and least favorite uh, accessories and engines. Uh, favorite. Um, it wasn't really specific in here, so uh, I'm just going to go with favorite, I guess, period. Uh, and I would have to throw that to the S3, the aforementioned S3. Uh, that engine just is really, really cool. Uh, least favorite? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to plead the fifth on that one. Uh, as far as accessories, um, the. Uh, Pros' engine house that I have, uh, I really love that. Uh, that one is really cool. It's a kit with the opening doors, and that is just a great, great building. Uh, least favorite? I don't know. Uh, that's another hard one. I couldn't really tell you. But, uh, Johnny, what do we think? So what scale would I do outside of O scale? Uh, probably say N scale. N scale, I feel like would be really fun. I've dabbled with HO in the past, but it's just not for me. Uh, not not that I don't like HO. I, I I do think it's really cool. I have some HO pieces, but um, our good buddy Sean, one of our mods on the Discord, is really into N scale, and he's been begging me for so long to get into N scale. And uh, I think he's starting to drag Matt R down with him too because of all the Kado Metra stuff. Um, but uh, I I do plan to build an N scale layout with our buddy Jason, um, Great Northern Jason here in Chicago. He managed to find a door on the side of the street that we're turning into a layout, so that'll be fun. Um, as for, I'm going to focus on the accessory side here. Uh, favorite accessories. So everybody thinks of the big Lionel post-war accessories or the American Flyer ones. I'm going to go with one that's not very well, uh, not brought up very often. Uh, I like the Noma Talking Station. I think the little uh, record player on the uh, inside of the station is pretty cool. So much so that I bought one of the reproduction uh, digital boards from York, and I am planning to install it on my scale layout some way, uh, shape, or another. But that's that's definitely what I would choose for an accessory. I don't think I have any least favorite ones. I probably have to watch like all 12 episodes of Isle of Toy Trains to find one that really traumatized me as a child, but I really don't think there's any. So uh, I'll throw it over to Matt R. Yeah, I'm with you, Johnny, on N-Scale. And I think for me, because of the sheer amount of Metra available and N-Scale is just crazy. Uh, like you could, you, you basically go into at least a, you know, Chicagoland hobby shop that has N-Scale and you're like tripping over Metra stuff. It's kind of ridiculous. Um, as for like accessories, um, I would say my K-Line restaurant. I have the the Santa Fe k-line restaurant and it smokes it plays uh music and it has uh lights as well and it's really 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 cool um i would say it's hard to say like a least favorite accessory but i will say that i did a while back i did purchase that um that gas station that menards had it's kind of like like the flat you know one of the flat kind of buildings where it's like the pump and stuff is out there but then the the gas station has like a fat flat back behind it so you can put it on a wall I tried to put it in a couple different spaces and I don't know if it's just out of scale or if it's just the way it looks. I didn't care for it and I ended up taking it off my layout and I probably won't put it back on there. But um, 
I think it's a really cool building. It just didn't fit what I was trying to, uh, what I was envisioning uh, uh, for my layout. Okay. Uh, this comes from JC Trains. Um, what is a feature from another scale that you'd like to see the O scale manufacturers bring to market? For me, it is rotating bearing caps on diesels. All right. So, JC, um, fantastic question. Uh, really had us thinking about this one. Um, I would have to say, and I say this very loosely, is, and I don't even know if this is a feature, but I would say the color matching that's done in the other scales like HONN are very, very good, meaning they're very close to the prototype. It's something that you don't, sometimes you don't see all of the time in O scale. I'm not saying that happens every time. I'm just saying, Sometimes there's there's some misses when it comes to getting the uh, the prototypical paint scheme matched up correctly, and I think uh, HO and and N scale do a do a better job at that. So that's one feature I'd I'd like to see come. Hopefully, uh, you know I wasn't dancing around the the answer there because this was a very very tough question. Uh, what do you think, uh, Matt Z? So I gotta throw it to uh, JC with his. Uh for me thing it's definitely the rotating bearing caps on the diesels uh that would be huge you know, i'm more of a steam guy but you know for the diesels that i do have you know it'd be cool to see that especially for the modern ones uh i think you know one more i i know he mentioned one but i'm gonna throw another one at it and that would be more specifically in g scale uh would be the speakers and the volume and bass that you get out of the sounds with some of these engines i mean i've listened to uh rayman uh 4449 uh on youtube he's got g scale stuff and the sound that you get out of those mth engines the sound files the same files as proto 2 but the bass and the volume is wicked and i would love to see you know a big g scale speaker be able to fit in an o scale engine you know even a miniature version of it. That would just be great. All right. That leaves me. And I'm going to choose one. We've kind of talked about past here and there, but uh, DCC. Uh, and I'm not saying that I want to see DCC specifically come to O scale, though it'd be a really cool thing. It's more so the compatibility with DCC, that everything kind of works with each other. Um, something we've had many years from the get go for command control here in O scale has been this, this, strict competition between legacy and tmcc versus um proto sound and it's it's a battle between either system there isn't as much of compatibility yeah you can use dcs to control tmcc uh, legacy to a very limited extent um but there isn't that cross compatibility that's something i really wish osco would have and maybe one day that'll happen but at least for the foreseeable future that's something that seems to be a strictly o scale issue we don't have the uh, versatility of dccc uh, dcc yet but that i think brings us on to our next question here from mike h question is when will battery power become dominant well it has to happen eventually right so 
with battery power, I do. I have seen a movement for dead rail is becoming really. Uh, it's becoming a more uh, prevalent on YouTube. It's something I've seen uh, for folks who would like to run this stuff outside, O skill wise, and not want to do it dirty track or conductivity issues. It's definitely there's a market for it. I'm not sure if it'll become dominant. That's just such a drastic change to. Um, Three rail O scale. I mean, part of, big part of three rail is that middle rail for the electricity to to flow through. So I'm not sure if it'll necessarily be dominant, but I do definitely see that there are folks who are taking an interest in dead rail. So there is there is a market out there, but I don't know if it'll be the uh, the future for O scale here. How about uh, how about you, Matt Z? What do you think? Uh, so when will battery power become dominant? Uh, I'm going to be blunt and honest. It won't. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Uh, I, I, I'm with Johnny. I think that, you know, it's becoming a thing and I think it's really cool, but you know, I, I don't see it becoming like the next, you know, take the transformer away kind of sort of thing. I, I, I don't see that. I think that, you know, for, I guess I've like Johnny said, for people that want to run outside, not have to deal with, you know, track issues and all that sort of thing, it's great. And I think it's really cool, but I, I don't see it being, you know, crazy popular, if that makes any sense. But uh, Matt, what do you think? I am with you guys. It is, um, even though I think it's, 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 you know, it would definitely be something that's cool, especially for folks that may maybe have a, a layout set up somewhere where they don't have access to like to direct power. Obviously, um, I just don't think it's going to be the key word here is dominant, right? I don't think it's going to become dominant, uh, at least probably not within the next 20 years um, after that. Who knows when battery technology gets to a point where it's obviously just everything's on battery sure but um uh, for the you know foreseeable future i would say right now um you know it's just, it's just not there the, the technology isn't there yet to make it to make it feasible cuz when you start like if you just want to train or roll down the tracks that's one thing but when you start adding the sounds and then you add, add a smoke unit too like you're you're pulling so much power out of there you know you just you'll have to be charging it like you know the same with these little like little roll controlled you know planes you get like five minutes out of them and then you got to charge them for like two hours so <laughs> we will we will go to another question from mike h actually we got three of them uh in a row here uh so we'll go with this uh so i would like from matt matt and johnny to each give a number and this would be for this right now in 2022 what percentage of new engines and rolling stock do you think are being sold online versus being sold uh, via L a LHS or local hobby shop? Oh, man. I feel like, you know, online has really started to take off, you know, especially with the pandemic and just the how technology is moving so fast. I think it's even higher than 50 50. I would maybe think. 7525 to be honest with you but I don't know uh Matt what do you think Yeah I think I think with the pandemic and it almost forced people to use online functionality to purchase you know really anything o scale related 
and and of course, you know, we're finally kind of clearing a lot of those, you know, COVID trends that we were in. But still, you know, people got used to ordering and people are finding deals and there's all kinds of deals all over the place and stuff like that. Like I'm going like probably 70 percent are buying online versus 30 percent at your local hobby shop. Johnny, how about yourself? Give a number. Uh two it's a pretty nice number no um <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm, with, I'm with you guys i'm with you guys on this one 70 30 for sure um especially and maybe it's because of the demographic we're looking at because we're mostly exposed to the online community most of the time um but yeah online sales have really taken off uh especially and this isn't this isn't just a plug it's something that all three of us do very often the amount of times that folks go to like trains to buy stuff like it's it's i think Put it this way. I know for a fact, both of our co-hosts here, there's times where I, I'm I'm on a call with Matt Z and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm on trains or I'll, walk, we'll, I'll running over, I'll running trains with Matt R at his place. And I walk over to him and he's on his computer. Where is he looking? Trains. Like it's, it's online shopping, you know, and this it, it's, it's more so than, you know, we've worked with trains. It's, it's genuinely just, we, we buy most of our stuff online. It's the convenience, you know, and plus you get more exposure to stuff that you can buy rather than waiting for your local train show. You know, not everybody's fortunate enough to have that. So online convenience is just the way to go. Yep. Yep. Uh, just, you know, too, there's a second part to this question kind of, so I might as well just like, we don't just feed right into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he, he asked, he has kind of a, a side question to that one as well. So. Oh, got you. Yeah. If you um, yeah, well, I'll read the addendum. It's, uh, and further, uh, where do you see this trend going? Are we headed for a world where there are five to ten huge internet retailers for all of O-Scale? Um, potentially. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of hobby shops, as, as hard as it is to say, have been kind of closing up shop just because uh, they can't compete with uh, the online retailers. And we definitely have our, our powerhouse online retailers like... Charles Rowe, Muffin Man, Train World, you know, they, those guys are, when you think online hobby shops, you you think of them. So they are definitely our, our juggernauts. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that is on the horizon for us. Um, Matt R., what do you think? Yeah, well, I think that, I think you can kind of boil that down for anything nowadays, right? I mean, there's usually this five or 10 huge internet retailers for everything or your Amazon and you just sell everything. But uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's just I think that's the way of the times, unfortunately. Now, do I hope that we're still in a world where we have, you know, hobby shops that we can go to? Fantastic. You know, or it's not fantastic, but absolutely, because nothing could ever replace, you know, walking into your local hobby shop. Um, that's just an experience that I, I wouldn't want to ever have go away. Uh, but at least from the online on the, the online standpoint. Yeah, there's probably just going to be like your, your, you know, your big online shops, because I think one of the problems is a lot of these um, smaller shops um, aren't going the way of having an online presence and they're getting run over, unfortunately. And, you know, again, you know, it's it's. I'm not kind of pointing any fingers or I'm not saying, you know, they need to be doing that. But unfortunately, that's how, you know, the world is trending. That's how we're evolving. And you kind of have to get on the train or you're just going to miss it entirely. 
you know, sorry for the analogy there, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you'll be left in the dust. And unfortunately you, you can't any hobby shops. Now you cannot rely just on traffic coming through your front door. You can't, you will not succeed in today's world. Matt Z. No, I, I completely agree. You know, I've seen, you know, with me, uh, I had three local shops to me. Um, one of them was, a, you know, two, two of them were, you know, uh, like all hobby shop, all, all hobbies, you know, cars, trains, uh, you know, RC cars, you know, trains and, you know, art stuff and all that sort of thing. Uh, two of them, uh, one closed and the other one's not doing trains anymore. And the one uh, shop that uh, my family frequented when I was up there uh, was a shop that was, you know, I, <laughs> our buddy Tim always says I, I live in the middle of nowhere in New York. And this hobby shop was truly in almost in the middle of nowhere. Uh, like it was off a side road and all that sort of thing. But the uh, hobby shop was great. And. It was really fun to go, you know, you BS for three, four or five hours, you know, and just forget what time is and just have fun. Unfortunately, the owner passed away and the shop is now closed. So I think that, yes, the trend is going to go to where it's going to be online and online only. And I think that's too bad because, you know, not only is there the community aspect of being there and having fun and talking and whatever, but the other thing too is like, you know, let's say you have an engine that you order from a shop and it comes in broken or you want to test it before you buy it. That, that could go away and never come back. So I hope that that really doesn't become a thing. Unfortunately, I think it will, but it just it's really too bad is the long and short of that all right so our next question comes from southern eagle lines or clay again and he asks, what is the oldest item in your collection so for me i have you know besides all my 90s stuff that i show all the time i have another set that does not get a lot of uh camera time or talk about mostly just because it's i'd look at it above my head and it is my uh mark's copper queen that i have and it's actually not mine um my grandfather uh before he passed away always told me that he had this lionel train that he wanted me to have so you know unfortunately when he passed away uh my grandma and i we were cleaning out the basement and there was this box that had a train in it and it uh it turned out to be a Mark's Copper Queen uh, set. I have it up on display with a little memoriam wall with some accessories and his photograph and all that sort of thing. So it just sits up on the wall, but it is a great set. I do want to fix it up and get it running again. But so that is my oldest item. It is from 1940. Uh, Johnny? Uh, the oldest item in my collection? Uh, hmm. I don't really collect much uh, older stuff in my 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 fleet here. Most of my stuff is all about, I'd say, 99.9% of my collection is command control. But if I really had to choose the oldest item in my collection, I, it's a really much a stretch, but a post-war caboose I got from a train show for like $10. Um, 
probably be the oldest piece in my collection. I don't know, maybe maybe the the dust on the trains that Matt Z sold me. Maybe that's a maybe that's a contender. No, I'm I'm kidding. I love all the stuff he he sold me. But uh, nah, the the post war caboose is probably my oldest piece. How about you, Matt? Um, myself, I'm the oldest item in my collection. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually I, so I own my dad's collection when he was a kid. So I have, uh, the, uh, 284 Berkshire, um, Lionel lines, number 726, uh, I have that set. Um, so that would have been from like 1946 around that time. Uh, well, between 1946 and 1949, somewhere around there. So that would definitely be the oldest um, items uh, in my collection. So uh, this is from our good friend, Sean. And um, he wants to know what our favorite overall catalog from any manufacturer is. For example, you know, Lionel 2021 Volume 2 catalog. So first, great question. Um, I'm a huge fan of catalogs. Uh, as much as I want to say Lionel, I'm not going to. Because to be perfectly honest with you, I think MTH did a far better job with their catalogs than Lionel did. And I think you could tell by the shots and the photography. Um, MTH tend to uh, put a lot of backgrounds on their shots. Um, and for some reason they just looked a whole lot more impressive. Uh, I would have to say my favorite catalog, or at least like the cover and like the contents, uh, the 2011 volume one catalog, um, that has the Milwaukee Hiawatha on the front, um, is probably one of my favorite catalogs and only two, because I, I have like the, the blue goose, that's in that catalog. I actually have a several items I think that were released in that catalog. It's kind of odd, but <laughs> uh, I'd have to say that one. How about yourself, uh, Johnny? So I'm not as big of a catalog guys as some of the other folks in the hobby. So I, I'm not able to quote years, but um, ones that I really enjoyed looking through definitely is the one that the uh, Chesapeake and Ohio 2696 Empire Builders I came out with. That one was a really good catalog. A lot of really classic legacy engines in there. But one that I remember foaming after as a kid, and I still have it in my room to this day, is actually not one that you'd think of. It's a very small, it's more a pamphlet than a catalog. Uh, when Kaline announced their Ringling Brothers stuff, that is one that I remember looking at the aluminum 18-inch and 18-inch pasture cars and dreaming of one day having an entire consist. I've got a couple of those cars in my collection now, but that's uh, definitely one that I, I definitely foamed after as a kid. Uh, how about you, Matt Z? Which, which ones? I know you're the master of catalogs over there. <laughs> so uh, for me, this, this one's kind of an easy one. This is one that Zach and I bounce around all the time. We, 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 uh, we call it another name, but I'll keep it PG for the uh, podcast. And it, it is the uh, 2014 Volume 1 uh, catalog from Lionel. And that is the catalog with basically, you name it, it's in there. Vision Big Boy, Cab Forward, uh, M1A, Big Blue Set, the Pioneer Zephyr, you name it, it's there. Uh, 765 Burke and all the variants, Polar Express, all that, all in that catalog. So that was a banging catalog. I would love to see a, a rerun of that. Uh, catalog where it's it's hit after hit 
that would be great. Maybe one day. So this next question comes from Philip S. And he asked two questions. Uh, we start off with this one, which is the reason why they wanted me to ask it. And it is, why was the Pensy the greatest railroad of all time? And a second part to this is also most desired new O-scale tooling. So for the first part of the question, uh, well, Pensy was the standard railroad of the world. So I guess that's all you need to know there, right? Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, uh, you know, kind of going back to Carmine's question with the uh, power railroads, you know, they're all in their own right. You know, great. And I think when you think of East Coast, you know, you think of those big heavy hitters near Central Pensy, NWC, you know, I think that, you know, they all have a certain place. So that's my answer to that. All right. So for the second part of the question, he asks about the most desired new O-scale tooling. <sighs> Man, you know, that's that's a hard one. And I think. Uh, I'm going to change it and maybe say the most anticipated uh, O-scale tooling, I think, of the new stuff, I think is going to be that uh, Strasburg number 90 um, brass hybrid piece. Uh, that one is going to be really cool. I know that's turning a lot of heads right now. So I think when that comes out, that's going to be really something. So, But uh, Madar, what do you think, man? All right, so for the first question, um, why was Pensy the greatest railroad of all time? Well. Uh, that's really debatable because um, I'm not sure how you can be the greatest railroad of all time if you don't exist anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but they, anyway. They merged I'll, into something uh, called No Fuck Southern. Jason would have your behind right now. That, that's, <laughs> last time I checked, that, when I read that, that doesn't read Pensy. But you, know what, but, but you know what reads the same? Union What's Pacific. That? Union Pacific. Oh, come on. Okay. okay, I'll, I'll tell you. I'm, I'm right. just having look. I'm having a little fun here because right, I don't think I honestly don't think that there is an answer to that question. No, because I think there is multiple answers to that question. Union Pacific, Central Pacific, Pennsylvania Railroad, Southern Pacific, Santa Fe, Northern Pacific. I mean, there's a lot, folks. So, um, you know, I was having a little fun there, but you can. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe you it wasn't can really. But, uh, uh, <laughs> you can put you can take Pensy out and put a, make it a fill in the blank. Why was blank the greatest railroad of all time? You could get a million yeah. different answers. Uh, again, again, we're it's we're all just personal. Fun. Yeah, it's all personal views and stuff like that. So, um, but also uh, most desired new scale tooling. You know, that's kind of hard. I, my answer to this would be kind of I. Because I don't know what tooling Lionel got, but I'm really hoping that they did pull some of the subway tooling or some of the unique tooling that MTH did uh, that Lionel never did. Um, but you know what? I guess probably the answer would be probably the doodle bug. The doodle bug is probably the right answer because that is the tooling that they took from MTH. And I'm really looking forward to those doodle bugs, but I'm really hoping that they took a lot of other things like the doodle bug. And those are going to show up in future catalogs. How about yourself, Johnny? Um, I respect Pensy. I don't know if it's necessarily the best in the world, but that's just personal opinion. Um, in terms of new tooling, I think if they do actually make a Norfolk and Western, uh, 
475. That's one that I think would be really cool, be highly anticipated, especially by the, the Strasbourg guys. But uh, that's that's one that I'm hoping hoping we'll see soon. So that is my personal pick. Uh, this comes from our good buddy Bill from the Discord server. And what is it about the podcast that we each enjoy doing the most? Or what do we enjoy the most about it? And second of all, he also asks, if the possible could have any guest, who would the one guest be? Or put it another way, who is the podcast's dream guest? Um, for me personally, what I really enjoy about the podcast, really, I I really enjoy doing what we're doing now, hearing back from the community um, and, and kind of seeing the impact it has on folks, uh, how it kind of became a, an outlet for folks uh, in the Discord to kind of make new friends and to feel companionship and camaraderie in the, the community. That's that's really what I enjoy the most and hearing what folks have to say. Um, in terms of a possible guest, uh, some of the, the younger folks um, like myself, where I've been trying to poke at... Uh, at Matt to see one of them, both of them, Matt, see if we get this to happen someday. I would love to have Jeff from TM beyond on one day from the Isle of Toy Train series, um, just because it's just a lot of, uh, a lot of younger folks group watching him on, on the DVDs. So really cool to have him as a guest. Uh, Matt Z, who would you want to see on the podcast? What do you enjoy? All right. Uh, first of all, as a quick aside, if watch Bill, Bill B, he is the man of the hour. This man is the greatest guy you'll ever talk to for, you know, for knowledge and for just being an all around genuine person. He is the man. You know, he comes on the call. He'll he'll message me before he before he wants to talk. And it's like, I love it when I see his messages come up. I mean, he is just an all around fantastic guy. So huge shout out, Bill. But uh, as far as for what I enjoy the most about the podcast is, yeah, uh, what Johnny said is definitely. uh having the community and doing the calls and doing episodes like this where the questions are. I mean, this is, I mean, on our little list here, this is, you know, page three of questions. I mean, and we're two over two hours into this program. And so I think that having, you know, like I said, an outlet to, to talk about this stuff is just really cool and is definitely well-deserved. Uh, as far as a podcast, uh, dream guests, uh, you know, we throw names around of who we want to have on all the time. Uh, I think one of our most recent episodes that we have was a dream guest would be Mike Reagan. That was great. Uh, personally, I would love to see this and maybe it'll someday down the line. I, I don't know. I would love to see Mike Wolf on the uh, podcast here. I think that would be really, really cool. So. Maybe someday. I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see what we can do. But uh, in any event, uh, that's my answer to this one. Matt? Uh, yeah. Uh, so just to kind of piggyback on you, uh, Bill B, awesome guy. Please check out um, his YouTube channel as well. Uh, and yeah, just an all around, all, all around awesome guy. Um, so the what is it about doing the podcast that each day, you know, or each time we do a recording that I enjoy the most? Well, honestly, hanging out and talking trains with my friends, you know, that, 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 that's the simple answer. Um, now if the podcast could have any possible guests, now you didn't, you didn't particularly state that the person had to be alive or not. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think the ultimate guest on this show would be Joshua Lionel Cowan. 
I mean, without a doubt, right? Like we <laughs> want to talk to the the guy who started it all, right? So that's that's who I would go with. Okay, right, well, uh, okay, well, hold on, wait. If we're bringing people back, uh, what will Barry Broskowitz come on too, and Marty Fitzhenry for that matter? <laughs> <laughs> you can start your own podcast for talking beyond the grave there. <laughs> uh, so our next question comes from Matt's Collection, and he wants to know, why is O-Scale 100% the supreme scale? <laughs> well, I, that's, that's a little bit of a... Uh, you know, biased question, I think, for all of us, because obviously we're all in the O scale. But um, to be perfectly honest with you, I think O scale just has everything that everybody wants as best smoke, best lights, best sound. Um, very rugged, very um, durable uh, engines. Uh, you know, it's the best of all worlds. And you know what? It, it, you can work on them. Like, you know, I the one thing that that I would have a difficult time is working on N scale and HO scale. Trains are just so small. Like, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, you know, I got big fingers. You know, I have a hard hard enough time seeing already. Like, I could take off. You know, I could take the shawl off my O scale train and be able to fix whatever I need because I can see what's going on. So that's my answer. Matt Z, how about yourself? No, I I completely agree with you. I mean. You know, yeah, you have the size, the heft, the durability, the, the you know, the detail. You could see everything, you know, uh, it just, it's what you want. I, I, I mean, and not to sound biased because, you know, this is the O-Scale podcast, but seriously, it, it's, it's everything you'd want. You know, you got the, you got, I guess I keep saying everything you want. I don't know. I can't think of anything else. So I'm going to quit running my mouth. <laughs> Matt's collection. Thank you for the hard facts. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I'm with the other guys here. It's it's a combination of all the things that uh, a lot of us love in the hobby. We want to have those powerful sounds, the, the heft of the engines, the um, just it's just the bright size. It's just not too big where you can't have uh, a decent layout in your house. But uh, yeah, it's just a, a good balance of things. I guess the only main complaint that most folks will have is either space constraints or. Uh, or that pesky third rail, which is, you know, not even there. If you just close one eye and close the other eye, it's not even there. You don't see it. But uh, yeah, that's that's my two cents. <laughs> that's funny. I love that. All right, uh, Johnny, why don't you ask the next next one? Sure thing. So this is from War Eleven O Nine or One One O Nine. The question of today will be: Out of everything Weaver made, what do you want to see made again? Not including the same main, same engines made by other manufacturers. Um, that is a good question. Weaver made a lot of really cool one-off engines, um, but mm, I would say the contender, top two contenders for me. I believe they're both Weaver. Uh, one, the the Milwaukee Road Baltic. That's one that's just an amazing engine. Uh, absolutely beautiful. And also the uh, Nickel Plate Road Hudson. Uh, that, 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 one's, that one's beautiful. One of our buddies recently got one. And I actually had the chance to buy one for almost for a killer price off of OGR. But unfortunately, uh, the gentleman who sold it uh, never got back to me. So my wallet's happy, but uh, the dreamer in me still wants one someday. Uh, Matt R., how about yourself? Uh, yeah, 100% the um, Weaver um, Chicago Northwestern 462 Yellow Jacket, like without a doubt. 
Uh, Matt Z? Uh, for me, it would have to be the uh, Canadian Pacific Jubilee. Uh, that was one off. I think they made, uh, I believe they made two different variants and the very limited numbers. That's one, one, that, that was a one and done. Uh, never again. And I hope that tooling is still around somewhere because that is a beautiful, beautiful engine. This is a bit of a question and it's from uh, our friend Andy E. And uh, he asks, why is it in the U.S. three rail O scale is much more popular than two rail O scale? Is the continuing popularity mainly driven by nostalgia? There is such an emphasis today on full scale models, but there is still an expectation of that of third rail. The old argument of the relatively easy reverse loop wiring rings hollow now because of advances in train control and all of the scales. Do you think that the dominance will continue once the number of modelers who had Lionel as a child gets smaller? Uh, Andy, first, like very, very well thought out question here. Um, I don't think I have a really excellent answer for you, but I think you kind of were driving on there with your initial answer as nostalgia. Um, And. You know, people are so in tuned with three rail um, as a kid. And keep in mind that those things get passed down from generation to generation. So I don't think it's anything that's getting outclassed as the older generation moves on. You know, they're passing their love for three rail O scale onto their children and then passing it on to their children. And number two is. There's so much more available, you know, that's that's one of that's that's the driving force here. Right. Availability of engines and parts. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm a big fan of um, of, uh, you know, S scale. You know, I, I like uh, American Flyer. I think it's an awesome scale. I would definitely be in it. But because I think it's like one of those great balances, um, not to throw other scales in here. But the problem is. There's just not that much out there. So unless two rail starts building up the amount of items available for it, it's just never going to contend with three rail. Uh, Johnny, how about yourself? I definitely agree. It's definitely a a matter of nostalgia is a big driving force. It's if you had someone who was in it, um, they get you into it. But you also got to remember, too. That, uh, you know, it had O scale has lost its grip over the years. HO and N scale are definitely more prevalent, especially with like the, it's, you got to think of it from the entry level. Uh, it's definitely easier for mom and dad or aunts, uncle, grandma, grandpa to grab an HO starter set than to grab a, an O scale starter set. It's definitely a lot more affordable. Um, however, you got to keep in mind that, you know, like a lot of us, we, a lot of us grew up watching on Eric and, and seeing the, the features and the power and the, 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 everything about OE scale that allures folks. That's definitely something that, um, is going to still have a advantage over the, the other scales. And really what it comes down to is what your, your, your modern consumers looking for. You know, if they have the luxury to go to O scale or if they want something that, you know, it depends which model, if you like steam era stuff with lots of sound and lights and smoke and, and all that, you definitely will go to O scale. But if you're more like uh, the modern uh, rail fan who is more fans of uh, modern diesel power and specifics of each variation of the, the diesel power, you'll, you'll definitely find more of that in, in HO and N. It really depends on what era you're trying to model and 
what your uh, your budget and your space constraints are. But uh, I, I still think OSCO will be strong. It's still got a strong grip in the community now, and I don't see that going away anytime soon. But, you know, it, the, Owen and Skill are definitely the more dominant players in the, the industry now. Uh, Matt Z, what are you thinking, man? I think uh, I'm just kind of going to kind of go with you guys and and say that, you know, yeah, it's nostalgia. And I think that, I don't know, I just, I agree with you guys. I, I feel that, you know, what you guys said, to keep it brief, what you guys said is uh, the way it's going to be. And I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll be that way. Maybe it won't. I don't know. I, I said, I guess time will tell. Maybe that's the theme of this one. Time will tell our community episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our next question comes from uh, uh, the username is Wiener Dog and his name is Dwayne. And he asked the following. Uh, I was just listening to a live event from Train World and Ken Sr. Mr. Uh, I fell out of my chair for the uh, shipping cost from MTH. Uh, made a comment that He's getting a lot of input from customers wanting handheld remotes to run their trains instead of using their phones. I lean, I lean that way as well. Myself being an old dog would like a younger person's perspective. What are you guys' thoughts? And thanks as always, gentlemen. Well, Dwayne, I appreciate it. We all appreciate the uh, nice comments and from everybody. And we'll sure say this at the end as well, of course. But for me, I, I am a tactile all the way you know i grew up you know 2000s was born in 99 as i've said before um you know i i don't like using the phone for stuff besides the phone i mean running the trains i've done it, it it's not the same uh to be brief on it you know i like my remote and i will die on my remote uh uh mountain <laughs> if that's a thing but uh that's kind of my uh thought thoughts on it but uh, you know what if you like the phone go for it but you know i like the remote matt what do you think yeah i'm the, i'm the same way i'm a big fan of tactile um you know i like something in my hand um sometimes i think people ha- seem to think that they have or not think but it might actually be true that they just have more control over what they're doing when they're using an actual device Right. Like, cause you know, if you get, let's just say for, this is probably not a really good example, but let's say you get in your car. Well, you can use the steering wheel and the pedals, or you can use your phone to drive your car. Well, which one are you going to choose? Well, I think most people, or at least people at, of a certain age are going to be like, I'm not touching the phone. I'm using my hands <laughs> because, you know, I feel like I have more control over it. Um, I can go both ways though. I, I have no problem using the app if I have to, um, but if somebody, you know, gave me the choice between the two, um, I would certainly uh, always put a remote in my hand. How about yourself, Johnny? I'm going to lean the same way with you guys. I'm definitely more a remote guy. Um, it's just the the feedback that you get and, and it just makes you feel more like you're at the controls of something. Um, that tactile click of the, the knob of the legacy remote or the thumb wheel. Um, so much so that Matt Z sold his previous remotes and has been desperately trying to get the one with the correct thumb wheel back. Um, and I got it. And you did. You got your holy grail. I did it. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I should have I done the holy grail as the old remote. 
Should have bought you a thumb wheel for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, don't, there you go. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm with the guys here. I, it, it's something about having that like that connection and that tactile click of the remote and the or the 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 resistance of the spring and the quillable whistle. It just it, it just adds something. I don't know how to describe it there. But you know, I won't I won't bash the 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 phone either. Um, you know, I used to, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I used to bash Bluetooth, you know, I'm like, oh, why would you want to use Bluetooth to control what Bluetooth? Am I playing my music through the trains? No, but you know, having that, that tier system to be able to jump from, you know, starter set to command control and have that phone and the in-between, I think that's where the phone app really has its place or for when you're doing run sessions with some people and you don't have the remote, you know, there's so many legacy remotes to go around, you know? Uh, we've had cases where I'm running trains with Matt R and one of our buddies, I have an O a line of O six O T in the yard. He wants to do something. He'll just hijack the O six O T and run a muck in the yard. I've done that before. So it, it has its conveniences, but I'm through and through a remote person, but I won't, I won't bash the the positives of having a uh, phone control. Johnny, why don't you go ahead and read the next question? Sure thing. So this comes from PRNJRR from our Discord server, and uh, they ask, is there anything new that you've learned about trains or OGH model railroading since starting this server and communicating more with this community? Um, there's there's a lot. Uh, a lot of tips on how to fix trains, scenery tips. You know, I've been really inspired by what people have seen or the... I think the biggest thing I've learned from the Matt and Matt server, I think Matt Z can also test to this is the uh, customization really of what you can do, especially with sounds. But uh, I think the, the most uh, lighthearted answer I can give for this one uh, is uh, what have I learned about mono railroading? Uh, there's more trains than I realized that I want. And discord servers perpetually uh, will show you more trains you didn't know existed. And now that you've added to your to buy list, uh, Matt R what have, what have you learned? Yeah, I, I think for me was the surprising amount of young folks that are actually into trains. And what I mean by young folks is, you know, guys or girls in their teenage in their teenager years or in their 20s. Like I was kind of blown away by it. And um uh, when we first started the podcast, um, you know, we were getting a lot of feedback from the younger generation. And when we got into, uh, it was one of the, the kind of, um, reasons why we went and, and, and created a discord server, because I think, um, you know, a lot of the younger generation knows what that is. And, you know, that's not, you know, obviously that's not our target audience. Our target, our target audience is everybody who loves O scale trains. Like that's, it's for everybody, you know, that's who we were targeting. But I was amazed by the number of young people that are actually into this hobby. And it made me very happy to know that, um, you know, there were, you know, starting to bridge gaps here um, that maybe the O-scale industry didn't have before. And uh, so I think that's really cool. How about yourself, Mancy? I, uh, I got to go with you guys on this, you know, the uh, just learning things i mean you know i think you know like talking with sid like you know his electrical expertise and how to fix the trains and and you know like talking with like isaac and you know our red mat matt's collection as we've mentioned in this uh talk today uh 
you know, learning from those guys how to do things that I didn't really know how to do before or have dabbled in it, like the, like the customizing of sounds. You know, I've dabbled in it and it was talking with those guys that I, you know, uh, got back into it and started, you know, doing it on my own stuff and that sort of thing. So I think, you know, having outlets to talk to, uh, especially about trains. And, and I think more to the point that understand what, you know, you're talking about, you know, it's, I think it's one thing to talk to non-trained people about trains because, you know, they're like, Oh, that's cool. You kind of have to say it in a way that they'd understand. But, you know, when you're talking to trained people, they know what you're talking about and you can go crazy. You know, that's why, you know, some of these discord calls we have on the server, you know, hours and hours and hours, because we just keep talking and having a ball and learning something and taking something from another or buying and selling or yada, yada, you know how it goes. But I, I think just the whole aspect of being, you know, having a group of folks to really uh, have fun with is, is what I've taken away and just loved it ever since. Okay, so our next one comes from Oskiel Trains Lover or Bryce. And he asks, uh, what, is the, what is the least favorite thing you have seen made in O-Gage? Uh, it can be a paint scheme, locomotive, rolling stock, building, etc. And what can be done to improve it? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, I, uh, uh, it's an ex- Okay, I, I have an answer. It's an accessory. It's the Lionel Sand Tower. It comes in this really thick aluminum paint, like silver paint. It's, yeah, it's okay. Um, but I repainted mine from that color to be this darker gray. It was a dark gray paint with some black mixed in. It's got this really nice looking paint to it now. And so I think, you know, doing light paint things like that make it a lot better and really anything you know you do you know mods to an into a so-so engine and make it a great engine I, I think that 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 maybe is the long and short of that one so uh johnny what do you think all right for my least favorite it's a hard one it's just one that never it's not bad um it's definitely one if you want some affordable rolling stock, it's definitely a good option. I have just never been a big fan of those Menards, Neen Pacific Hoppers. That's just too much UP yellow for me. It's too much yellow. It's like looking at the sun. I love UP, but I just can't. I can't take it on those those hoppers. That's probably my least favorite, but not bad cars. They're they're a good value. How about you, Matt R? Yeah, so this one kind of, um, and I want to try to be really straightforward about this one as well, but at least my least favorite things made in O-Gage are probably some of the um, uh, political cars they make that are just like very off key. And I'm not going to mention any of them and I'm not going to go into them. Um, I, I think I think you can make something fun. But when you when you when you start to do something, that's in bad taste. You know, it it, it it just and again, we don't we don't talk about religion or politics on this podcast and I don't want to go into it. but. You know, the question was asked and I'm going to answer it honestly. So, yeah, I think some of these political cars are probably just, you know, I'm not I'm not saying like I like all the presidential stuff. I think that's fine. That's awesome. Or anything that's for America. 
or flags on it or anything about democracy and the you know it's perfectly fine um i just think there's been things that that have been made that are a little little off key and and uh just won't ever be on my layout but you know to each their own i guess so i said my piece <laughs> you know that's a that's a good i i, I didn't think of that when i when i saw this question that's a good answer I mean, I appreciate I, that. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, I I really didn't. That was a that was a great answer to that. I I never would have thought of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So let's. Uh, I'll go ahead and move on to the next one. Um, this comes from Jesse Ferguson, and he asks: Are there any road names or and or paint schemes that would you'd like to see more of in O scale? Um, fallen flags, short lines, lesser engines, etc. Uh, first, great question. Uh, great, great question, Jesse. Um, I like this one actually because I'm a really big fan of the smaller, um, short lines and smaller railroads. Um, I would have to say, like, even though I would, I can honestly say in the last several years, um, EJ and E, uh, has definitely, uh, the Elgin Joliet and Eastern Railway has, um, definitely, um, become more abundant with manufacturers uh but any of the smaller like chicago based like even the chicago great western and stuff like that um i would love to see a lot more stuff made for them now granted the market for them isn't as large as like you know union pacific or santa fe or you know pensy stuff like that but um seeing some of these smaller localized kind of local chicago area railroads um would be awesome uh, how about yourself uh Mancy? So I think for me, uh, it would have to go actually two directions with this. And it's really mainly the uh, commuter railroads of the East Coast and the West Coast. The, you know, your Caltrains, your your uh, Mass Bay for Massachusetts, your New Jersey Transit, which when, when I went to Atlantic City two months ago. So um, got to see some New Jersey Transit stuff and that was really cool. So. So I think like having your regional items that that, you know, for you mean a lot to you and to have pieces that are really cool. I think that if you can get specific items from that railroad with like the correct lighting package or whatever it be uh, that you remember seeing or or live around, uh, that's something that I think would be great to see more of. But that, that's my opinion. I guess one that I would like to see more of in O scale, and this is one that it's still in my my ballpark. Uh, maybe it's because I kind of regret losing the only uh, only item of this railroad, but uh, I'd like to see Western Pacific. I'd definitely like to see more of that. You see a lot of the Cal Zephyr stuff, but really outside of that, the occasional freight like paint scheme, you really don't see much uh, Western Pacific. So I'd like to see more of that in O scale. I like that, Johnny. That's actually, that's actually a good choice. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So our final question of the night here uh, comes from Jay Straw or John. And his question is the following. If you had an opportunity to spend a day running and talking trains with one special guest you have or have not met, who would it be? This one's hard. Yeah, I. I man. I mean. You know, we talk about the community and having, you know, uh, people that you enjoy and all that. And it's 
that's huge. One person that I ever have them. I'd, I'd have to say, uh, got to go with one of the greats, Eric Siegel. Uh, you, you know, he's, he's the man. And I think that, you know, having a day to, to spend downstairs and run trains and have fun and all that, that would just be great to do. And maybe one day it'll happen. So I don't know, Matt, what do you think? I, I have one answer here, and um, I would uh, love to run trains in person with my buddy, Matt Z. That was my answer. Damn and I taste hey, the I anchovies. Mean, I would uh, I totally you know, I, take that. I mean, you know, just so everybody knows, like Johnny and I live close to each other. You know, we're like 15 minutes away from each other. So, you know, we have the opportunity to spend a lot more time together and run trains at each other's houses. Uh, but you know, Matt, Matt Z and I have known each other for quite a long time. And, um, I consider that to be a, a really cool opportunity if we were able to, uh, you know, run trains at one another's house. It'll happen. We'll, we will yep. for sure. We'll kidnap yep. you to Chicago one day. That's right. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you're coming to Chicago. Okay. You've got, okay sins to to, you've got crimes to atone for with anchovy hot dogs. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Right. We're going to show you the Chicago way when you come here. <laughs> hey, but you got uh, that store that doesn't, that does not allow ketchup. So I'll gladly go there. That's Gene and Jude's. Yep. Uh, Johnny, how about yourself? So I'm going to actually choose someone who is very active in our discord server. Uh, he is an absolute joy to talk to, and his enthusiasm for this hobby is unrivaled. Retro well, Mikado. Well, I, I, I appreciate I appreciate that, Johnny. Retro I Matt. Really do. Thanks, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Retro Mikado or John in our Discord server. Yeah. If you have not had the pleasure to speak to John, whether it be text or call, uh, you're missing out. That guy is an absolute joy, and he always cracks me up when we talk, so I would love to for an opportunity to run trains with John. I feel like that'd be so fun. Yeah, I think I think this could end up being a very long list for all of us. Yeah. Because uh, I would love to run trains with anybody in our Discord server. Oh, for yeah. Sure. For sure. For we, sure. We have, we, we have a whole server meetup. We just find some spot and all 100 whatever of us just meet. Yep. <laughs> large, large, uh, set the world record for like the largest train meetup. Matcon. <laughs> Mac. Mac. <laughs> it might as well be <laughs> all 150 uh, something people are invited <laughs> well half of them are going to be mats anyway so <laughs> um so so everybody uh we are i promise you we're we're finishing up uh we've tackled most or if all the questions um, and now we're going to just we're going to shoot down the reviews because we promise if you sent us in an email or mail after review, we promise you we're going to say them. Um, and we obviously stick into that promise. So I know we're we're definitely over two and a half hours in or whatever it is after editing. I don't know. <laughs> but but um, we'll try to rapid fire these just to kind of like finish up here. But I promise like, well, if you if, you, if your name is in here, we'll let you know. Um and um, I will I'll just start going down them and then I'll at one point I'll pass them off to you, Matt, and then you can get them down and then you can pass it off. You can pa pass them off to Johnny. OK. All right. All right. Let's get started. OK, so here's our Apple reviews. So anybody left a review um, in uh, Apple podcasts. So uh, 
if there's a name, I'll say the name. If not, I'll just just keep going. So uh, one person left a review. He says, your collective work is appreciated. The podcast is my very favorite for O-Scale hobbyists. Down to earth, not condescending. Great guests and info. Thanks. Um, whoever you are, thank you very so much. I really appreciate that. I think there was a like one semicolon 56. I don't know if that's like an anonymous thing that's left. I'm not sure. But whoever you are, thank you very much. Uh, oh, it. Oh, is. Oh, it's good. So first, <laughs> I, I like that. I like that play on word there. Um, this is the best podcast um, in O scale. Johnny and the Mats always keep it interesting and fun. I often find myself laughing out loud while listening on my commute. Uh, thank you for all of your work you put into the podcast in discord. There's only one thing I need you to sell a Matt Matt O scale billboard for my layout. Thank you, Tony. Uh, the rambles. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, next review, top notch, top notch information, and entertainment revolving around the hobby of O scale three rail trains. The best part is the friendship between these three hosts. Well done, gentlemen. Thank you, uh, Gary seven two. Uh, great entertainment. Switching from O scale H O to O scale three rail is a different animal. This podcast helped me learn a lot, and it's very entertaining as well. I recommend this podcast to any model railroader. Thank you. Danatoba. Uh, on to the next one. Great discussions on O-Gage. I recently came across this podcast after listening to the other Notch 6 O-Gage podcast for years and missing it. Matt and Matt pick up right up and keep it interesting. I quickly went through all of their episodes and can't wait for more. Thanks, Matt and Matt. And this comes from Specta CC. Thank you so much, Specta CC. Um, Matt and Matt, great podcast. Matt and Matt. From D Cell 465. Uh, on the next one, great information and nice podcast for both new and experienced trained hobbyists. Audio quality is good and the discussions are relative to current topics related to the hobby. Thank you, Legion, Legion JD, uh, one of our good buddies and member of the uh, Discord as well. Uh, Matt, why don't you <laughs> take some of these interesting reviews that were left for us? <laughs> I love these every time. I remember when these first came out, and these are just great. I love, I love these. All right, so uh, the title reads as follows: two <laughs> two boring little boys who have nothing interesting to say. <laughs> in our in the latest episode, these two boys and two older older little boys went page by page through the line, latest Lionel catalog. They had nothing. Other to say that, oh boy, that's a now that's a nice train. I'd love to add that to my collection. One thing's for sure: these bo- these guys are great for the economy. <laughs> that that they must not have any other financial obligations in life other than other than uh, to get old and buy new trains. Guys, don't you have a girlfriend or a wife or kids? What woman will put up with that amount of money that you must spend on trains each year? And that is from. Uh, db jazz bass and then we have the next one which uh uh this one i love it's the model subway podcast they went they went almost 20 seconds without steering the discussion back to model subways Jeez, if you if you're interested in model subways this is the podcast for you if you uh if you're hoping that they were going to cover actual railroad projects in O scale that aren't focusing on subways. You need to look elsewhere. And that is from Blackbeard 4590. <laughs> <laughs> I love these. I tell you, man. 
they're great. And, and guys, just just so you know, we, we have no problem re- t- getting feedback of all kinds. We're, we're yeah. reading it here because you know what? Whatever. That's fine. You know, leave leave what you want. Be be honest. You know, we're you know, we have we have no problem with it whatsoever. So, no, and, you know, like like we say before, you know, you got to have fun with this. If you're not having fun, what are you doing? But that's right. Uh, that's right. That's it. So I got one final review here and then we'll pass it on to Johnny here. So we have finally a sh- uh, finally a show for O-Gage. Love the show and grew up on Lionel. I still only have Lionel. And that is from BombaBud49. Alrighty, moving on to our emailed questions and reviews. Uh, this comes from Pat Van Winkle. Uh, I'm working from home today and listen to your podcast. Do you have a link for the Discord server? Yes, in fact, we do. Our link for our Discord server is in our show notes, and that should be present on all of our different uh, platforms you can listen to us on. Just check out the show notes, join the Discord server. Uh, please t- accept the question that says you're a lovely person and join in on the conversation. Uh, the next one is, reads, hey, guys. First off, I just want to say I've loved every single episode of this podcast, and it has really helped me as a modeler, and I've learned so many things that I had no idea where to even begin to start learning and how to do so. So thank you. Secondly, when I sent my first email back in November 30th, I had no idea what was coming down the line for me. Uh, They sent a little emoji of a uh, railroad line uh, and with a... uh, I'm not sorry with a crying emoji face. Uh, I had no idea for one. Uh, one of the hosts give me a shout out in the next episode. Thanks again for that, Johnny. You are welcome. But I had no idea that less than a month the Discord server would be a thing. I'd be lucky enough to be involved in the beta of sorts. Overnight, my train friend amount went from zero to about 15 to 20, and it's only gone up from there. I went from knowing absolutely no one in the hobby personally to being lucky enough to be a moderator on probably, no, definitely the biggest and best O-scale train Discord server out there. Now I have more than 160 plus train friends to talk to literally whenever I want to. And up till now, I only had my family and friends who would be at least a, who would at least be interested in trains because I was. Now I have a huge group of friends to talk to 24-7 about trains. For those of you who are listening and are still on the fence by joining Discord, it is a hundred percent, a thousand percent worth it. It literally changed the hobby for me, and the same might go for you. Thanks again for all that you guys do, and most likely I'll see you tonight on the Matt and Matt server, Clay Fulcher of Southern Eagle Lines. Uh, that's Clay, who we've mentioned a couple of times before tonight. Uh, he is one of our moderators and a great friend to the Matt and Matt Oscar podcast. So if you join the Discord server, genuinely, it is a life-changing experience. Um, it's definitely very interactive. It is a very tight community, and uh, we will uh, embrace you with open arms. Uh, next one uh, comes from James. Uh, my question is mainly for Johnny. What is your holy grail piece? Also, has anyone found theirs or changed it? Um, my holy grail piece right now is got to be that third grail MT5. And uh, how about you guys? If you just want to chime in really quickly for this quick question from here from James, uh, I'll give yeah, it to you. Yeah, uh, let you guys go. Let's start with that. Uh, no, yep. Okay. Uh, I think it's that uh, silver thing that I mentioned a couple of times at silver bullet train. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely say it was the, the pink subway train. And, um, you know, is it changed? Sure. Like there's always something, you know, that I find out is made and I'm like, well, I got to have that. So that's actually a good point, James. But, um you know, am I am I uh, am I OK with the with the trains that I own now? Absolutely. hundred percent. I love everything I have. And, 
yeah, I, I'm sure it'll change. I'm sure there'll be something that I'll find that was that I never knew was made and it'll become my next Holy Grail <laughs> for sure. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So moving on again, we have a couple more uh, questions here. Uh, I am curious to know what your favorite scented smoke fluid is and why is it cedar scented from JT Megasteam? Great podcast, guys. Also from James with a PS of Subway's Rule. I can't have, can't, can't get through a single episode without subways. I swear. Um, favorite smoke fluid scent, uh, has to not definitely not anchovies or black licorice. That's for sure. And you can, uh, Matt, R and I were horrified to find black licorice in our local hobby shop as an actual scent. But, um, I, I like, um, grape soda, grape soda root beer. I think that it's all, it's all Matt R's fault. Uh, how, how about you, Matt? It R? is. Yeah, um, if you have not, if you're a big fan of root beer and you have not used the root beer scent from JT's Megasteam, try it out. Uh, it is, you know, it is very close. And a lot of times they have scents where they smell, you know, really nice out of the bottle. But when you smoke them, they have a really kind of different smell. Not the root beer. The root beer is is tried and true. So give it a try. Uh, for me, it would you know I'm gonna go kind of against the crowd here, and I'm gonna say the no scent. I, I don't know. I just I, I think the scents to me, you got to have a nice fresh wick in them, and if if you don't, they just they just don't smell good. There's no real two ways about it. So I, I'm plain and boring, but what can I say? My you food palate, my food palate isn't, but. You just you want to smell yourself. That's all. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Subway's rule. Yes, they do. Yes, thanks, James. Subway's do rule. They are great sandwiches. Anyways. <laughs> 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 Last one is from Derek Fadden from Roselle, Illinois, uh, which is actually pretty close to us here. Um, hi, guys. I just want to send you a note on how much I love the show. I am new to the hobby, and I've only been in it for about a year, and I'm learning so much from listening to your show and your guests. I found your show a few weeks ago and binge listened all the way up to the present episode. I only have one complaint. Put out shows more often. Every one, once every two weeks isn't enough. Anytime I bump into someone and end up talking trains, I always tell them to check out your podcast. Keep up the good work, and thank you for all you thank you for all you're doing for this hobby, Derek. Uh, Derek, uh, we are in the Chicago area. Uh, join the Discord server or send us an email. Hit us up. We uh, we love meeting folks from the uh, Chicago area when we can, and uh, really glad to hear that you enjoyed our show. I definitely. Feel the the as a listener, I, I definitely wanted more episodes when I was in your position too. I remember uh poking these guys when I first met them for the first time. Wait, when is the next episode coming out? But uh we got some really great shows coming down the line for you here. But with that, that is our last uh feedback that we got from the community. Uh I'm gonna open it up for final notes. Matt Z, did you want to add something there? I I did. I I just yeah, I just wanna throw it out there and you guys know where it's going. I really want to thank all you guys for questions and everything else. This was six pages worth of goodies that we had here. Questions, reviews, uh, comments, you name it. You know, we do this for fun. And to know that, you know, you guys are just as enthusiastic as we are with this and, you know, talk and have fun and, bs and whatever else it just it means a ton to myself to you know these 
us podcast guys. It's just, it's huge. Super huge. Thank you to every last person who put a question, a review, even if, even if it was a little bit of uh, shade in it, uh, it, you know, feedback is feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. And it just, it's all fun. And we all love it. So big thanks to everyone. And, uh, I'll let you guys uh, keep going. Uh, no, I'll say I'll just kind of replicate that, Matt. Yeah. Thank you to everybody. Thank you for everyone for if you've been here since the start. Thank you for 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 continuing to listen to our podcast, because, again, this podcast wouldn't be here unless we had listeners like you um, downloading the podcast, um, leaving us feedback joining the discord server like this is what it's all about this is the reason why you know matt and i originally started this podcast is well number one is you know obviously there it was um there was no longer a podcast available but number two is that we wanted to um uh just start something uh socially with the uh you know in the Gage network and um man have we come it, it's it's been a ride and i i never thought we would be at this point um, we are almost at our two-year mark, believe it or not. And um, it's only going to get better from here, folks. So just really excited. And obviously bringing Johnny out of the podcast uh, was just a huge, huge thing for us. Um, so, Johnny, thanks for thanks for taking the time to come on our podcast and, and be be one of us. And, um, you know, you made, you made the podcast, you know, 10 times better, for sure. Thank you, dude. I really appreciate that. And from... From the bottom of our hearts here at the Matt and Matt Usko podcast, really thank you to everyone in the community um, for sending in your questions. It was only a couple months ago. We were all sitting here in a call together wondering, you know, if people actually do listen to us, what do people think? You know, it's uh, and we, we really want to have something that was more focused on the community, uh, something for you guys. And we definitely hope to do more of these in the future. Um, and all the folks who sent in questions, um, we've had a, a opportunity to speak with a, a good chunk of you guys on the discord or through emails. You're all wonderful. You help make this community what it is. And, you know, we, we all, we make the show for you guys. You know, if there's anything you want to see from us, please give us more feedback. Please send us more emails, more reviews. And, uh, we're, we still, even with the show being at where it is right now, we still love talking to you guys. So please send in your messages, please, you know, DM us on discord or, or join the server, hop in a call. Um, we, we love it when we want to make sure we have a, a great community for everybody here to enjoy themselves and enjoy the hobby. Yeah. And if you did, uh, again, I said this in the beginning, but, um, if you didn't hear your question or your review or your email, Please get a hold of one of us. Uh, send us an email, uh, chat us in Discord. Um, you know, let us know, and uh, we'll make sure it gets asked or it we we go over it in the next episode. Uh, you know, in episode forty six, we'll make sure we cover it. So we want to make sure that everybody who did send in um, a question or a review to us uh, that we, we did promise that we would make sure that we said it in the episode and we still hold to that promise. So yeah, just let us know, you know, we apologize if we missed it. You know, we, we, you know, we're trying to parse all of these things. A few things may have gotten through the cracks. We do apologize for that, but, um, rest assured, we'll make sure we, uh, we, um, you know, we, uh, say your question on the, on the episode. So, uh, all right. Well, with that said, um, 
Well, Johnny, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Audemus on YouTube. That's A-U-D-A-M-U-S, where you can find me uh, talking about trains occasionally, getting hit in the face with boxes, and uh, maybe I'll release a video within the next year. Who knows? I'm actually working on a script right now for my new Legacy Class A. So if that's something that interests you, please check out my YouTube channel. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Audemus underscore trains. I post there a lot more than I do on YouTube. And last but not least, you can find me on the Matt and Matt O'Skill podcast discord server i will always be in the chat to chat with you guys and also making a fool of myself in the voice call so come on in and join us it's a great time uh matt z where can people find you sir you can find me on youtube under matt dash train lover 9943 on facebook under the same name on instagram is matt's and like johnny like johnny said on the discord uh when I'm on the call, usually adding a sound set in there, but, you know, having fun and all that. And as Johnny said, this will not be the last of these community feedback episodes. We will do plenty more of these in the future. And when the time comes to do another one, we will announce it in the Discord and just throw us your questions, whatever you like. And we will answer them all and we'll have a good old time. This was a ton of fun and I definitely want to do this again. And, uh, Set. This just this means a ton. It really does. And you can find me on YouTube at West Chicago Motor Railroad. I'm on Facebook under the same name. And you can find me on Instagram as WCMRR. Uh, and again, folks, um, we will be uh, picking uh, one question slash review each. Um, so that's three prizes. E- each one of us is going to pick a question or review that we thought it was the um you know, most insightful, unique, um, just, you know, one we th- thought that kind of stood out and we'll be contacting you somehow <laughs> and uh, we'll be sending you a uh, Matt and Matt prize. So and uh, we'll announce those winners in our next episode. Uh, with that said, everyone, thank you again for your time and have a wonderful night. Take good care, everyone. Have a good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.